0: what's up guys welcome to episode 17 of beyond the smokestacks we are joined by my co-hosts christian what's up christian
1: uh howdy how's it going <laughs> it's going
2: and dat boy dobby what's good you am chilling you're chilling pleasantly surprised you yesterday that's i'm excited to speak into it for sure
0: and we are joined by our special guest today, Daniel Graham, all the way from Northern Ireland. What's up, Daniel? Hey, how's it going?
3: What, what time is it over there? It is currently 26 past 10 in the evening. All right, so we're burning, burning the
0: midnight oil almost over there. <laughs> so, guys, so we are um, almost twenty less than 24 hours uh, past uh, Final Whistle. And the result is a one-one draw away at New England at Gillette Stadium, a place that has not been very forgiving for New York City Football Club, bringing our all-time record at Gillette to two wins, six losses, and four draws. Still not great, but we're, we're, I, I'd say resoundingly we're all okay with uh, with coming home from a point with a point from New England. Correct?
2: Yeah, That's and great. now we're heading into a three-game little homestand. So this yeah, is, this is great.
1: I, I I I'm in agreement. So I'd, I'd say it's uh it's pretty good.
3: Daniel, how do you feel about the result? Uh definitely better than last week's result. Um, definitely a step up in the performance in terms of the play on the pitch and also just the attitude of the players. Just seeing how they were actually playing, all the, you know during the game. Just um, just much better performance. I'm happy enough with one one. Did happy enough with that.
0: Yeah. So this uh, this result brings uh, New York City to sixth in the East with a record of two two and two. Uh, we are two and zero oh at home, zero oh, two and two away, with six goals, for, four seventh goals against, minus one goal differential, um, heading into a three game homestand, with the first of those games being Yankee Stadium and the second two being at City Field. Um, do we feel that this result? um could help us uh breed more success in our in our next three games in this homestand at home in uh the two stadiums that we occupy in the greater new york area let's start with christian
1: uh i, I I'm, I'm happy to give my thoughts on it eventually i i do think we need to ask dan we have to ask, ask dan some questions we need to get to know him a little bit better shouldn't we yeah
0: oh oh sorry yeah yeah, yeah. so um apologies uh, Daniel, we have three yep. rapid fire questions for you. Answer okay right from the hip. Favorite current NYCFC player?
3: Uh, Jamie Sounds. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I think I I, I love a defensive player. I, I you know I've I've played football myself years ago always played center back always played right back you know i, I just love the defender so the, so yeah jimmy sands
0: now after after last night's game we have to refer to him as captain jamie sands captain Sands. So, what, what, wow. was he jimmy sands captain was wearing like the armband James. for the entirety of the match yesterday
1: i didn't even notice wow that's amazing yeah
0: <laughs> so um springboarding off of that i, I feel like I, it might be the same player but it could not be favorite all time all time nycfc player all
3: time would have to be down via okay um that, that... just just grown, grown up over the years like with down via um watching for Spain and then watching for Barcelona he was just a quality player then moving to the NYCFC like a you know it was great watching him like keeping an eye on you know how he was actually doing in the league because whenever I was younger he was linked to Liverpool like with Rafa Benitez I was like oh that would be class to have him playing with like Steven Gerrard and that stuff there and Torres and we never got that chance, so it was always nice to see him playing, like you know, the international stage. And then when he moved to New York, it was good to see him, you know, continue that there. Because people were like, "Oh, he's done. He's he's finished." And I was like, "No, no chance. He's still he's still banging those goals, and he's still and you know, talisman." Like, yeah, I mean, he was definitely the source
0: of a lot of elation over the years for New York City Football Club fans. Um, th- yeah. This is irregardless of, of what he did as a human being while while employed as a club, but he definitely did um, single handedly put NYCFC on the map. And scored a lot of very, very Mm -hmm. beautiful goals for the club. Um, Exactly. Yep. Um, And then third question. Favorite NYCFC kit that the team has worn during a
3: match? um, I'm going to have to go with the 2021 kit. The 2021. The Bronx Blues? The Bronx Blue. Simple design. I absolutely love it. It's just... (sighs) that's it i think it's just the simplicity of the kit just that nice white collar the white cuffs and the sleeves and just yeah i think just the simplicity of it just makes it my all-time favorite kit from new york uh, so and uh, so that kit was uh i bought that kit when i uh
1: i was living in florida during that entire season lucky me i was living in florida for the year that they won the fucking cup uh and uh, uh i remember buying that kit and i remember like seeing it like immediately i love like the little like uh the monograms that are kind of like in like emblazoned into the kit, like down the middle, like in that, like 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 I love like yeah. it has like subtle stripes, like like these, like like uh, Bronx blue is just it's such a nice kit, and I'm so happy that that was the kit that we won the the cup in because it, it's just a kit fitting of just like a champion. Like I don't know like what it is about that kit, but there's there's something just so charming and class and clean about it. It's it, it's definitely I mean I love our Innerborough kit, but I mean the Interboro kit's still new. You know, to me, so like like that like and I've always said that the Vault kit's my favorite. You know, I'm one of the very few that has that opinion, you know, who's been on this pod, but uh by that same token, that that Bronx Blue holds a special place in my heart. Not just for the cup, but just because of the design. It was like nice it it, it just a gorgeous kit.
0: Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's uh, it's Absolutely. it's it's a simple design, but it has a lot of uh fine features like you said like with the with the emblazoned <laughs> nyc logo down the vertical stripes it, i mean it really is a, it, is a got nice a lot ticket. of nuances yeah
1: it's, the, it's got a lot of nuances and then even
0: at, the, at the, the back of the top of the back of the shirt having the new york city flag at the top of the back of the shirt i mean it's
3: yeah a nice touch nice little feature you know.
0: and then also i mean i mean you can't go wrong with having the scudetto, scudetto patch on the uh on the sleeve right and the star above the crest and, i mean at least that that was in 2022 and in, in 21 we had a uh, soul soul cacao uh, yeah. on the on the on the sleeve the chocolate company from the bronx um but uh but yeah de- definitely definitely uh, one of the top kits uh of, that people have said on the uh, on this uh on this podcast so next daniel um we're going to kind of give you some time to uh to speak about your origin story about how you found this club and, and and why and how you essentially how you fell in love with this club and why you continue to follow them today
3: um so I've always followed MLS from a young age I would say from whenever I was in like high school um I was following MLS like I mean I support Liverpool from the Premier League and I support Glen Torn here in the Irish League but I've always enjoyed watching the MLS um in terms of just like the league itself the the idea that you know any team can get into the the playoffs like you know it's the draft system the the international picks, the spot that's up there. Like I absolutely love the style of the the league. I think it just adds something to it. Like it just makes that exciting. Um, so I was following lots of teams. Like you know, just well not lots of teams, but like keeping an eye on the league. But like being from here, the big one for all of us would obviously be LA Galaxy. Obviously with David Beckham moving over there, that was the one that put MLS in the map over here in Europe for us. Um, but over the years, I would have maybe I would have kept my eyes on um, LA Galaxy. Orlando would have been one I would have kept my eye on because we would have gone on holiday a lot to Florida Um, back in the day uh, New York was another one Um, that I kept an eye on and yeah I think whenever I visited New York uh, for the first time I just got the sense of being around the city and all I was like this is a fantastic place to have a club and I, was, I just thought to myself definitely going to be following New York City just after falling in love with the city I just thought you know what it stands for the city it's great and it's actually in the city itself and not outside the city uh, as a certain... Yeah. Uh, franchise clubs uh, claims to be. They're from New York, which we all know they aren't. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, um, that would be, I've been following in New York since about, well, just after Vieira left, after Vieira left, so for about four years now, four years, so yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's definitely something to, like what you said about, like New York itself, like just, it's just, it, it's, you, you can see it in like a movie or a t- TV show and like get like, a, a grasp on how like, amazing of a city new york is and like what it means not just to you know this country but to like to the world but like you don't quite grasp the scale and just the like the awesomeness of it for lack of a better term like until you actually until you're actually there and also i think that's one of the biggest appeals about nycfc we were talking about this with felix one of our guests a few weeks ago the club is just so authentically new york Like 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 even more so than like a team like the Yankees or the Mets or the Giants or the Jets are you know like like those are obviously like huge huge franchises and like global you know globally popular entities uh, around the world. However, just there's but because they're global, I I feel like there's like and I say this as a Yankee fan. Part of it doesn't even belong to New York anymore. Like the Yankees are kind of like a, a. it's kind of like a, a like a like like a Liverpool or a Manchester United. It kind of belongs to the world now. It's no longer just about local pride. NYCFC still at that grassroots level, where I feel like it just inc- it, 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 and especially like 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 native New Yorkers like like it just it it, it just it just captures the essence of just New York like as a yeah. whole and I, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's just so easy to love this club if you don't already have any kind of like predisposition to hate them or some kind of automatic bias because of. You know, either our connection to Man City or our connection to South, you know, like, you know, the the uh, the, the royal family, you know, so.
3: Yeah, no, no, yeah. I agree. With you. And also with it being, you know, a football team as well, like obviously, you know, the Mets, the Yankees, baseball and you've got American football that's up there it's for European fans or for people all over the world. It makes it very easy to have that like link to New York City Football Club. If they visit the city and you know they fall in love with the city, it's like you know it's that direct link of well you know it's a football team. It's a team that you know it's a sport that we're all behind. If you know what I mean, that we all play. So, yeah. So um, have have you ever had
0: the um the uh, the honor of of attending a New York City Football Club match in the
3: in in New York? Unfortunately not. Um, I really do want to come over um as soon as possible to come uh, to watch a game. It would be absolutely uh, be a dream. So I would actually come over and see a game and experience because I've seen like, you know, all the match day stuff like the build up and like I've seen the videos on YouTube about, you know, the fan clubs, that stuff there. And it just looks absolutely amazing. Like we wouldn't have really anything like that here or whenever I was. I used to live in Liverpool for four years for university. There was nothing really like that over in England or here in Northern Ireland. It just looks, I don't know, the atmosphere just looks amazing. It looks electric, like just the build-up like pre-game and, you know, during the game as well. It looks more like a party than anything, if you know what I mean, which looks, it just looks class. So I'd love to come over and see them like.
0: So I think, I think you need, in the next couple of years, you need to get over to the States to, to watch a game in either Yankee or City Field and then, yep. and then come back again when we get the new stadium. So you can see, so you can experience what, what both are, what both are like. Um I think that would be a good idea. Yeah. But we have there there are quite a few prominent prominent fans from uh from your your region of the world in the UK. Um we've had a guest on the show uh, Barney UK UK NYCFC on Twitter. And then also mm-hmm. there's another another guy who's more prominent on Facebook in the NYCFC supporters group, but George Ireland. Um Love is, George is another guy who who comes over um semi regularly to uh, to to watch games. So we definitely have I, I I I personally enjoy the fact that we have um, the outreach to have these uh, these fans who are pretty diehard about the club from from different continents. Like you, you'd think of MLS as more niche to Americans, um, but it, yeah. and also South Americans living in the United States, so South American Americans. Um, but it definitely is it, it is really really cool that we have these these fans from. <laughs> who live over in the UK who arguably have like the best soccer league in the world, who are still fans of a little club, not a little club, but a smaller club in New York city. That's not on the same global scale that, that, um, that like a Liverpool is and other teams in, in the English premier league and, um, just J- Europe in general. Um, but it's definitely really cool that, that you, uh, oh, you, you, watch we're not, the club we're not, we're from, from <laughs> it really is cool that, that you, that you, uh, that we have viewership from, from, uh, from different continents especially when the, the game times don't always cooperate with with your daily life you might have to stay up super late to watch especially now with the with yeah. the unified kickoff times of of uh, apple apple tv you having to stay up much later to watch these uh these matches
3: i think with the apple tv co- uh, coverage it makes it a lot easier as well because we would only have before apple tv we would have had it on sky sports but we would only maybe have got one or two games on the weekend and m- most of the time On Sky Sports, if you're getting ready to sit down to watch a game, you'd miss maybe about the first 10, 15 minutes and there was no commentary. There was nothing like the, (laughs) it it just wasn't well received over here. It wasn't like, you know, a a priority of like, you know, making sure all the stuff was ready for it. It was just, oh yeah, there it is on the screen. We'll get, we'll get to the sound and we'll get to the proper picture and all that. It was just, yeah, it was a, it wasn't great. So
0: now you, uh, we, we talked off air that you said that you have a, you have a brother. Yeah, I've got a
3: brother. Yeah, and and he supports a a different MLS club, correct? Yeah, he supports different MLS teams. So, like I said before, um, we used to go on to hold um, on holiday in Florida quite a lot, and he follows Orlando City. So he's a he's a big Orlando City fan. Um, he's got it's the first absolutely kit. disgusting. <laughs> he's got the first kit and everything, and he's always keeping the um, off to date with them. Uh, in terms of you know the games and that stuff there and the signings, so yeah. But he was that he absolutely loved Kaká whenever does, he moved there like, you with know, the stars. Does, does he have a does he have a Kaká kit? He no no he doesn't have a Kaká kit. He's got the shirt, but the the original one like the first ever kit, but no Kaká on it. So uh, I, I'm I'm interested
0: to see and to hear about what the uh, family group chat was like uh, when uh, New York City played against Orlando City in the in the uh, in the playoffs and uh, did not end in a favorable result for New York City uh how how did that go between the two brothers
3: um well i mean to be fair over the years we've been back and forward with it but you know what it was one of those moments where i was just kind of like yeah we'll let you have this one let you have this one we're not we're not going to get any further doesn't matter
2: doesn't matter the year after that we won the cup so Uh,
3: i was gonna say yeah a a year
1: year, i was gonna say a year later he had one less thing to fucking boast about it it doesn't matter it happens to be the most important thing in the league so yeah I mean, you know who, who's i counting? mean now with with every kit that exactly. you get you
0: can just walk around and just and just whenever you see your your brother just walk around and just point to that star <laughs> and then you can't point say shit star, point star, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right so uh so let, let's get back to the task at hand which is reviewing uh the um the new england revolution match um not really much to talk about in the first half first half was a little bit of a uh kind of just meh um we couldn't we couldn't really get our footing. Um, in the attack, couldn't get any any high quality chances on net. Um, we weren't; they were kind of stifled. They didn't really have any any big chances uh, on net. What, what did you guys think of the first half of this match?
1: I, I mean, uh, so like, uh, I I wouldn't even like. Rec- I I don't want to say it was like really meh because um, you know like like I've- you know, like, maybe, like, it was just because, like, last week was just so piss poor against Houston. Like, like that could absolutely be a factor. But when I was watching that, like, those first 45 minutes, I felt, like, really encouraged and, like, really, really good about it. That, like, you know, that we there was something in the game for us. Uh, I, I thought uh, putting Talos out left was, like, like really, like, op- opened us up a lot. And I, f- I feel like he put in a very good performance in the first half uh, as far as, like... It- uh, working off the ball, linking up with Santi, linking it with Keaton, linking up with the, uh, you know, like 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 uh, even Seagal on, on a few occasions. But Seag- I thought Seagal asserted himself pretty well. For I mean, listen, I I saw some people slandering him on Twitter and like on Facebook, and I'm just like, and I'm just like, are we watching like the same game? I mean, this is a this is a kid who literally hasn't played any kind of professional minutes uh, since uh, he played with. Pohn's reserve team in the fourth division of Germany, you know, and, and somebody, you know, who, you know, who, who hasn't probably touched, like, you know, who hasn't played even somewhat competitively since the preseason Uh, him starting at like was completely out of the blue yesterday and something I don't think any of us predicted it's that we definitely talked about whether or not Seagal would get more looks, but that it, we, it, now that Tiago's gone, but uh, you know, we really didn't like, like, know how much of a role that he would have but i i thought he was fine off the ball uh really and and, you know like like you and i got into a bit of a spirited argument about this last night the only thing i thought that was missing from that first 40 minutes was that final pass like that final ball into the into the box i thought like in the build-up we did well i thought we were very very good defensively i don't think we can really have too many complaints about us defensively at least in that first half and i just thought that all it was going to take was just like one like cheeky like you know like Santi backheel, and and we we were going to be off to the races and I even thought that like if we continue if we kept that pace of play up within the first fifteen minutes of the second half we would finally break through. Uh, th- overall, I was pretty encouraged with the with for, you have to remember this is a, New England's a very very good team. Uh, so and they're playing at home. Uh, they've got a good coach, you know Bruce Arena. As many criticisms as I have of him uh, in the past, you know, especially with the national team uh, at the club level, he's very good. And he's very accomplished and has done pretty much everything there is to do in this league, and and he and for the most part, outside of last season, his New England teams have been pretty good. And uh, we outplayed them in the first half, in my opinion, by my you know my, my standard. And so I, I, I didn't. I, I I thought the first forty-five minutes was pretty good, personally.
0: Well, I mean, it definitely Always. it definitely was a surprise that uh Gabriel Sagal got the start considering he wasn't even the, in the 18 the previous match. He that's kind of why he wasn't yeah. even even on our radar to start this match because of the fact that he wasn't even in the 18 the previous match. Usually there's a, a progression to okay, he's in the 18, he's getting sub minutes and then he gets launched and, and launched. He just got thrown right into the deep end like, "Hey, you're starting at the nine. Congratulations. Go 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 do a good job." Um so that was definitely a surprise, but it wasn't as much of a surprise um, b- because I mean we didn't know Tiago and Jaja was gone. We didn't find that out until about an hour or two hours before kickoff. Um, we found out maybe even three hours before kickoff. We found out that um, there was uh, there was speculation and tangible, semi-tangible sources um, rolling around on the in, in the Twitter sphere and social media that um Thiago and had indeed been loaned with an option to buy through December to um Atletico Paranese um in the Brazilian Serie A. Um so that kind of hit us like a ton of bricks during in the in the build up to this match that all of a sudden a player who has scored a goal for the club and kind of come on and been coming on as a in in the super sub role is now all of a sudden no longer available for selection and is no longer, at least for this moment, um, a New York city football club player. Um, how do we feel about, how do we feel about that news dropping on on a game day before, before the game
1: starts? Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, but the thing is like, like that news started like really growing legs, like once we started getting into that space. So that's like, and that's typically when our game day discussion, you know, takes place. And obviously that was the, a dominant narrative because it's like okay well, well tiago and raj you know who who takes that you know who, who who fills that 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 role that he has uh and we i uh, and you know we talked about seagal and whether or not he would get minutes i also brought up that like you know nycfc2 players really haven't historically been given which is what gabe seagal is supposed to be mind you haven't really been given chances at the first team you know like, like very limited cameos here and there from Alusu. we still haven't seen Benalcazar. we've seen a little bit of Turnbull this season a little bit uh, saw a lot more of him last night which we'll definitely probably get into but um, uh, you know for the most part NYCFC2 players don't really crack the first team as far as like getting any kind of significant minutes in any kind of meaningful moments uh, so, like, you know, yeah, Seagal, like, he popped up in that conversation, but I, nobody pegged him to start that night. You know, that was...
0: Yeah, especially having like, not, like, to make your debut and make your starting debut in the same game is, that's like, a big deal. That's um, a lot of pressure. That's a lot of anxiety, probably, uh, making your de- professional debut um, in a start. Not even, like, I, I definitely could have seen a clear progression if he had been given a couple cameos in the previous matches, like, okay, like let's take Tallis off or take somebody off and let's have, let's let goal like, run out there for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, just to kind of get acclimated to how this league is going to be, like, because obviously you can't get a, a, a great feel of this league during preseason because so many people are tinkering, tinkering with their lineups and tinkering with tactics during preseason. Um, and then now this is the show. This is the real deal. Um, and I, I never thought, it, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely very telling of of the confidence that that Nick Cushing has in Seagal, based on what I guess he's seeing from him in training, that he felt he was ready for this moment during an away match to go um, to go out and start this match at the nine.
3: Danny, what do you think? Um, I think compared to the past couple of games where I've had tallies up front. <laughs> He hasn't been he's not a number nine, he's not a centre forward, he's not a recognized striker. So for me it's an it's an unnatural position for him. But what Seagal was able to bring to the game was he he was able to bring that he is a target man, he's able to hold the ball up, he was able to allow the wingers to play round him, um, and to play balls either to the left or the right, mainly to the left in that sense there, the first half. Um, but I think definitely, like you're saying, he hasn't had that much experience in terms of playing the league. We weren't really expecting him to be dropping into the first 11 straight away like that there. Like there was no cameos or no features of him as a sub in any previous games before. So it was it was a shock, but I think it was a good shock in that way there. And I think it allowed the team to play naturally because all the players were actually playing in their natural positions with Talos on the, on the left and Santi in the middle Um, and I think it just you know I think it just made the team click a wee bit better and it made the game a bit more fluid especially in the passing if you think about last week's game where the passing was just woeful where we weren't able to string together at least three passes where the build-up play was so slow that you know it was just it was dire Um, but this game here in the first half we were able to apply that pressure we were able to String pass together. We're able to, you know, stay on the ball, have a lot of possession as well in the first half. And I think definitely it's, it's definitely looks like a, a positive step forward. If we were to, you know, continue using Seagal, I would definitely give him more game time, especially if he's doing what he's doing. i would definitely keeping, him, keeping him the team like.
1: Uh, I agree. I, I definitely think that like, I would love to see him play at home. I would love to see what he can do at like Yankee Stadium or City Field when this team's really in its element, you know, and like and, and on and really, truly on the front foot. Because even though I felt like we were on the front foot for most of the game last night, it's still a road game. It's on fucking turf. You know, don't get me started, you know, on the fucking the, the absolute tragedy that there are professional sports teams in any sport playing on fucking carpet in this country. Like even the NFL teams. I'm sorry. I just don't excuse it. It's it's awful. Uh, Minnesota twins play on national uh, on natural grass. what the fuck is the atlanta's excuse or or, or fucking you know like like or, or New England's excuse uh yeah, so no like I just but yeah I just I would love to see what he can do like when this team's actually like favored to win and actually like playing like truly positive like with a truly positive mentality um i I, I think I don't think obviously he Obviously, it wasn't perfect. You know, he wasn't, like, phenomenal there. I thought he was serviceable. I thought he was decent. And I thought he moved off the ball well. I would love to see what he can do once he starts getting a little bit more sharp and once he starts becoming yeah. more acclimated to the very, very specific system that this team wants to play. And yeah. that, so far, so good, though, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that there, there are quite a few players on this team that need time to acclimate to the league. Um, and and for I mean in Seagal's instance he just needs to acclimate to being a professional footballer in general like just the speed of the play is a lot different than what he's experienced in a uh, in a uh, Colm two or a, at Stanford University um, but there I mean there's a lot of as, as many players as we have in this lineup that are seasoned and have been around for a while there are a lot of players also that are new to the club and new to the league and need time to to uh, to fully. Identify if they're gonna if there's someone that's gonna be a contributing member of this club um, But definitely I, I mean like I agree with you Christian I, I agree that his, his performance wasn't It was serviceable like it was I I, I mean and I saw enough that like okay, maybe he maybe he has something Maybe he, he can do something and pretty much anything that can take that can remove tallis from the nine and put him back to Where he's more comfortable and at least have like some semblance of a a nine that can do something or anything is, is gonna be a, a resounding yes from me like okay let's 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 let segal see what he can do let's let's give him I mean obviously when, when you're when you're a new player to the to the club and to the league you need like 10, 10 12 15 games to kind of get your feet under you and figure out the, the correct runs you should be making and the, the spaces you should be occupying and the, i mean the one knock that i have against Segal in, in this game at least in this game particularly is that he um he he the, the the little things that you that need that need to be done by a nine in in the nyc system is you need to be able to win those aerial duels um by long distributions from baraza or from the back line and i think he was over two um in aerial duels this match so he i mean being a little more aerially, um, powerful and 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 in part impactful is definitely something that we can look hopefully in the next ten games for him to improve upon. Um, but from what I saw, yeah, I mean, uh, he deserves to be there. He, he
1: can hang. Um, and uh, and one and one and one more thing, like I just want to point this out. Sorry, sorry to cut you off, Joe. Just no just just look, Yeah, just one more thing. Like also, like he doesn't have as much pressure to produce as past nines in in this like. In this team, he doesn't have as much pressure because the underlying narrative of him moving into the nine isn't so much, "Hey, this new kid is starting the nine. You know, like like we need him to deliver uh, in the place of the guy who delivered before. No, the, the narrative surrounding Seagal's insertion into the starting eleven is that Talos Magno gets to move out to the left where he is yeah, natural so- and he has shown to be productive. And so, like like even if it's so, so nobody is expecting Gabe Seagal to stuff the, the goal sheet this year like, like like nobody's like saying that he needs to be a golden boot contender nobody's saying that mm-hmm. he needs to put us on his back because he's got the talent around him to help him out the
2: the, it's the thing too is unrealistic for a, for a first professional season
1: well well of oh. course but, but 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 that aside you know that unrealistic like expectations aside get Ga- Ga- gabe having a more expanded role and, an, and a significant role at that in the starting 11 allows talus to play the left allows santi to play the 10 oh, um uh, um, can, uh, 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 and uh sorry, I was just standing my girlfriend in her jacket. And, uh you know, and also like, uh you know, like it, it also allows just everybody around him to play at, to their strengths, which I think is going to be a net positive for the club. Even if Gabe Seagal is just a decent striker or an okay striker, I think that it alone will serve in his favor. And I think we'll be pleasantly surprised by him this season over the long haul. Yeah,
0: And, and to Davi's yeah. point, um if, if if he's gonna get an extended run at playing the nine to help facilitate the move of Tiago back to his natural position and and like Cook on the right and let Santi play at the ten, um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to have an expectation that as a starting nine for this club, that Gabe shouldn't be contributing between three to five goals this season. or more. like is that is that fair? Is that a fair assessment?
3: I think it is a fair assessment. I mean, not just in terms of goals, maybe assists as well. Because if he's playing that number nine position, like I'm looking here, he's not the tallest guy. So he's not. He's only he's he's one point seven eight meters tall. So he's about five foot what five foot nine, five ten. So he's not the tallest guy. So he's not. He's only twenty one. He's still developing his technical skills. But I mean, if he's playing that false nine, he's able to get Talis and and um, and Santi and and Gabby in the box. You know, round him. You know he could be playing that false nine position, get assists as well. So I think three to five goals—that's quite a. Yeah, I'd say that's an achievable target for him as well, especially with the the players around him.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, the, he needs to contribute at least a little bit being the starting nine. You can't you can't just be rocking yeah, out, rocking, rocking
3: with goose eggs on,
0: in 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 goal contributions. At playing in the nine in MLS, you're not going to have a very long career if you're if you're having goose eggs and goal contributions. I'm going to be a- I'm going
1: to be a bit bullish on him because like like listen we've seen way worse debuts for far better players at least far more players that were had more expectations uh, on them than Gabe Seagal did. You know like, like we've seen far worse debuts for like for players who became, you know, top-notch players for this club. Um and I think I'm going to be a little bullish. I'm going to say that I can see him banging in more than 5. You have to remember this is still early fantastic. into the season. This is still very early into the season. He didn't look out of place, which is I always I always look at like how you're making runs off the ball, how you're working on the ball, how you're linking up with other players. He didn't seem out of place. He wasn't like lighting the world on fire, but he he looked like he had a sturdy foundation and a, and, a, and at least a rudimentary knowledge of where to be and how to you know most effectively you know uh, attack space, occupy space, uh, open up space for the players around him. He seemed to have a decent idea of what to do with that and. And like, I mean, he can only improve from here, right? Like, 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 uh, uh, in theory. So I, I can see him like even being like a guy that trips in like seven or eight, like, 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 and flirts with double digits. Not, not probably won't achieve double digits. I'm not saying that, but he's definitely a guy that I think can can surpass five. I can see him easily banging in like six, seven, eight. I think season, I think
0: yeah.
2: seven. I think seven is realistic.
0: I think you guys are being because we, we if if we go back and listen to our preseason episodes, we were talking about Talis scoring ten and and, Ga- and Gabby Pereira scoring like fifteen. He's not well. He's not at the same level as these guys.
2: Well, it, well, the, well,
1: well the thing well, is, I well, think ta-
2: were, is the, the best case scenario to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. With, if, with Talis, if he were to come to striker, yeah, exactly. Like he's not a natural striker. We've known that he's not a natural striker. You know, we've known that since the beginning. And and we, we you know. And honestly, you know, like, for instance, like, if we had a natural striker there, like, from the start, and, you know, like, a guy who's supposed to be an important cog in this team and is making the base, probably the minimum base salary that the league will allow, you know, yeah, we'd probably expect at least 10 goals from, from your number nine. And we were hoping that Talos could deliver it and and fairly, like, certain that he probably could. And honestly, he's still not on a bad pace to do that. He's already got two goals in the season. He's
2: already situation. got two. So well, yeah. I was, yeah, I was so saying 10 goals
1: from
0: Talos at left winger.
1: Oh, I mean,. Yeah, see, if he's playing at the left wing, probably not. I think he's definitely going to be... I think he's definitely going to find that final ball into the box more, you know, like, more often. But uh, at left winger, I mean, I, I just... I don't need wingers. To, like, like I think, like, the idea that wingers need to be, like, consistent goal scorers is a bit of a. I, I don't know. I don't well, like in, that in idea. In
0: our system, they're going to have to because we don't have a nine that yeah. can carry us right now.
1: I I mean, sure, like, right now, but I mean... I mean, I mean, like we we've been saying for the past few weeks, we still have a summer transfer window to get through. We don't know what this team's going to look like by the end of J- okay. July, and and what the responsibilities are going to be, and like what the expectations for these players are going to be, and who who might come in to challenge, you know, the the established order for minutes.
0: Yeah, the the one thing about last night's game in particular is I, I found myself being a little bit green with envy um, over New England because New England has Bobby Wood, Gustavo Bow, and then they have Josie Altador coming off the bench. These are all proven. Strikers And they have uh, They have a uh, An abundance A plethora Of them in, in New England And all across the league uh, Everyone else has Decent depth at the nine l- At least one or two deep And New England's Three deep And we are A half deep <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would classify Gabriel Segal As a half I, of a striker Right I, now He's, he's new
2: he got Segal, But that's about it Yeah
1: Wait wait wait, wait. Dobby,
0: he Just I made want...
2: his first appearance ever.
1: Wait wait I actually want to ask Dobby a question Really quick Dobby out of those three outside of Bo would you take fucking Josie Altidore or Bobby Wood on your team I wouldn't I don't think they're very good anymore I think they're kind of washed up aren't they like like there was an April Fool's joke running around yesterday like among New England fans about how bad Josie Altidore is now at his old age and like celebrating the transfer window uh, rumor that he was leaving so
0: but he, he has pedigree he's been I mean he's older I mean he's like what is he like fucking 33 34 he's old um, but there, there's no doubt that there's no doubt his 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 resume his CV is ridiculous.
1: His CV is is decent for like an MLS striker. However, no, his CV has, is ridiculous for an MLS striker. He, but he hasn't been a productive MLS striker in at least three seasons. Yeah, he's also 33 years old. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I wouldn't take Josie out. Al- for anyone else that we have on our team right now, I wouldn't. I mean, personally. he does things I, that
0: we need, though. He, he is, he's good in hold up play. He drew that foul on Maxime Chano. That, that that's what we that's what we need. We need someone who can hold up the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we also need someone to score the ball. Yeah, that's so, true. And Josie Altador, like. I mean even at his peak really had outside of like his his that like one like monster season he had for Toronto he really has never like really been proven to be a clinical goal scorer he pretty much fell flat in his face once he left for Europe I mean and even before that he was like a decent goal scorer for like the New York Red Bulls but he was never like like he was never like a you know like like an absolute like world beater he I mean that a lot one goals season, for country he's also missed a lot of sitters too. <laughs> uh I, I i i just i never rated josie altador so i'm kind of like biased i guess i just never liked him like like, like and there was like it's so cause many he go- played,
2: it's because he played for sundell you me. know what the thing is
1: he would bang in goals against useless Concacaf teams but every single time you would see like a mexico uh, like on the other side he would just fucking disappear and just like melt like underneath the bright lights of that kind of matchup like he's not a big game player
0: I mean, it, it, with with the advanced age that he's at right now, he knows his role is that of a, a spot, start, spot, reserve type player. Um, he's not someone who's going to come in and light the world on fire, but he's someone who can come in and and give you 15, 20 minutes of adequate production at, um, in, in a match. Um, same thing with Bobby Wood. Bobby, Bobby Wood's not somebody who um, who's going to be some crazy insane goal scorer. I mean, he, he came... He was oh, he was a pretty decent striker in uh in in Germany for Hamburger. Um but uh then he he uh, came to the league and he went to uh Real Salt Lake. Real, Real Salt Lake's been a dumpster fire for a couple seasons now and then now he transitioned over to uh over to New England. Um he's just he's a former national teamer. I mean he's 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 he's, <laughs> he's okay. Uh and, but and then they have Gustavo Bose so that I mean it's just it's like they have three guys who are like can can play lim- minutes at the 9 and like for us to go 9 months without without a nine is really it really sucks and it makes me a little bit jealous of a team like fucking New England who has three strikers over there
3: but if you think if you think about like Jose and like what he brings that team like <laughs> whenever you look at their their lineup when he came on his main goal was to disrupt our defense like he's a big guy like he was in there to muscle out muscle our defense out, muscle you know Shano and and, and, and Tiago like and he did do the job where he was causing problems um but I, if, if I was asked I would not take him I would not take him at New York like I mean to me I just think he's past it. I don't really think he's got that you know the the sharpness of a striker anymore. I think he's really just you know he'll come on the last twenty minutes. He'll call. Well, that, so that's chaos the thing. But
0: the- so in the cur- in in our with our current roster, you wouldn't take Josieuther coming on at at seventy five minutes because who did we bring on this? I mean, look, he- if you look at the substitutions, we, we brought on we brought on Gabriel, Gabriel- Pereira, Pereira. For, for Seagal, and Gabi's Gabby's not a striker. Desma. So then Talis moved into the back into the nine where he doesn't want to be um, after that substitution happened. Um,
1: I, like I, I don't think Talis moved into the nine. I think Santi did. I don't think it was oh, so, I think so, did I'm So like...
0: even worse, we had our ten play the nine. Like that's even like like. Well, then we,
1: we, we also brought in Ledesma to play the ten. thing. Yeah. we had. But now we have a ten playing the nine. Like it's like it's. I don't. I don't mind Santi at the nine personally. I, want, I, don't, I, I don't. Real,
0: Just give me a couple real nines. Give me a, just give me a little bit of depth of real nines. Real tangible, physical,
1: oh. actual nines. <laughs> Well, come July, I'm pretty sure your wish will be granted. I mean, it's why, not, it's why couldn't
0: it be granted last July when we lost our fucking striker? Like, why is it taking so long?
1: Because we had an interim coach that we didn't know would be permanent, and like, in order to buy a player, you have to make sure they assimilate. Yeah, and
2: and now, and now, and now we're now we're stuck with this stupid interim right.
1: coach. Well, I mean, well, he's not an interim coach anymore. He's an actual head coach. Well, uh, yeah, no,
2: yeah. Now we're stuck. And with and, him. Na- and now, and now,
1: you're going to let him. You know, do business in the transfer window. I've already, I already said this on a pod before, but I'll just like I'll truncate it as much as possible and abbreviate it as much as possible. Just keep it efficient. You're not going to give the, an interim coach who you don't know is going to be pa- going to be here past the six month, you know, the six month period that he's going to have the job, uh, or five months in his case, uh, to implement a system and then buy players with money and then pay them MLS salaries in a salary capped league. Uh, you know, like. It, not knowing if that guy's going to still be around past December. Because there was a real chance that Cushing wouldn't have been around. Had that slide kept continued, he most likely would have been given the axe at the end of the season. And uh, I, I think. Well, if, only
2: have, was, if only Cushing was gone, if only uh, Cushing and, was gone, that would have been a, that would have been a perfect
1: gift. Uh, and and you know, like, like th- there was a real chance that he wasn't going to be there at all. So, I mean, you're not going to let that guy start making squad decisions and start spending money. To get anybody much less a striker you know arguably one of the most important positions in in a, in a system like this you know because there's definitely teams out there in the world that aren't don't emphasize strikers as much as possible i mean uh, D- uh danny's a liverpool fan he should know this you know like uh, they're they're a winger team man, man city before holland yeah, exactly. Man City
2: before yeah. Holland, Liverpool with Sadio Mane and
1: Mo Salah, and all those guys. Uh,
2: Robert, I think also Chelsea under, Chelsea under Conte at some point didn't have. Well, a Well,
1: I don't want to go through a lit like a long list, but the thing is, like, this so, is the the, 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 the,
2: there are the plan is
1: the plan has always been to get a striker this summer, the, last summer, and, last, and this past winter. I mean, the, I'm pretty sure it was on the table this past winter, and according to some rumors, they tried, they did inquire about some services of players, but you know that 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 january window is tricky because that's in the middle of the european season and not a lot of teams in europe are willing to sell at that point and not a lot of players are willing to leave at that point and especially during this like little secondary window that we have same thing you know like like we're, we're approaching the uh, the final the, you know like the, we're on the home stretch when it comes to all the seasons in europe so unless that you can do some business in south america this is yeah. like the,
2: this is like the final ten games of the league. Like cups are like wrapping up, semifinals and like all the cup competitions. So it's yeah. it's all hands yeah. on the, deck in Europe right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: We'll, we'll we'll definitely see striker business. Like like we'll definitely see a new striker that come in. You know, over the over the summer for sure. I, I'm willing to, you know, put money on that. good money make, on that. I'll
0: make sure I clip this episode so that when the summer comes, if it doesn't happen, I have we have some ammo to go at oh. go at each other with.
1: Uh, I, I see. See, this is the this is Coach Petty coming out over here, like uh, you know, like like I'm surprised he's not a nap, like a fucking NASCAR driver with how petty he is. Ha ha ha! Dad joke. Sorry, uh, I couldn't help myself. I was I was going to say that because
0: everyone 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 in their mother keeps saying, "Oh, it'll happen, it'll happen, it'll happen." But people were saying that well, same, it, people it, were well, singing that same tune when we lost Tati. Oh, yeah, no, he'll get replaced soon. He'll get well, replaced because, soon. It, well, it never happened. It hasn't well, happened yet. Well, Joe, because. Because most people aren't smart,
1: and most people don't think about these things. Most people don't think about the nuanced like, situation that you had. You, you lost your coach, too. Had Ronnie stayed, yeah, we probably would have replaced Tati, 100%. Yeah, with, had Ronnie with, with
0: Ronnie's 13th choice striker, like Hebert was?
1: Uh, Hebert that was, wasn't... That was, or, that was Dome. That uh, was Dome. He was Dome's eighth choice, first of all. He <laughs> wasn't, wasn't Dyle's 13th. <laughs> was yeah, uh, uh, Dyle, as a matter of fact, kind of like like for the most part, seemed to make do with what we already had. I mean, what, what were some of the additions that we made under Dyla? Keaton Parks? Uh, no, no, Keaton Parks came in on loan the season before. Uh, I'm trying to think of like, play, like uh, I guess Goody Taraminson was definitely a Ronnie player. Uh, Melda Amundsen is a Ronnie player. Uh, Tiago Martins technically, but I'm trying to think of that championship season. It doesn't really matter. Like yeah, Tiago uh,
2: Andrade.
1: See, see, uh, what, like what, uh, what Dyla did was kind of just add supplementary pieces to what was already a stable, like, spine to a team and just kind of and was a player's coach and like like was able to motivate them over the line as opposed to like past coaches like Vieira and dome who struggled to do it tactically um but yeah yeah, no like like had diala stayed yeah we probably would have gotten a striker once tati left however like just once once you know and diala left before tati did you know so like like once like tati left and you already had an interim coach like as like basically a caretaker of the club at that time like like there really was no no way that the front office was going to try to go out and purchase players and then pay players salaries to fit into a system once again a guy that they didn't know was going to still be there in five months so it's a bit of a tricky situation however now the team has collectively decided the front office at least has decided that Cushing. uh is, is staying and he's going to get at least a year to uh, make a difference and he's only going to get fired if he completely embarrasses himself so now we're going to let him build a team yep. so i would say in the summer yes i would say it's natural like if they don't purchase anybody in the summer that's a failure that's terrible it's a terrible business in my opinion
0: okay agreed um so a big turning point of this match was the substitution at halftime that new england made um, at halftime, New England took off um, one of their young players. I, I can't pronounce his name. It's like Panatenkio or, or something like that. Um, but they brought on this guy, Barrero, um, number 11. And he, had, uh, um, he has a lot of pace, um, and he's not another young player. And he was directly involved in the uh, controversial 61st-minute um, called-off goal that was uh, awarded to... New England Revolution um, as an own goal uh, um, coming off of the head of Misha Um I actually i have the, the, the i have the replay queued up right now, and I know that we we argued about this and we talked about this at length last night about we all we all agreed yeah. that um, that we were that it was a gift that we uh, that it, um, that the goal was not awarded, but looking back at the replay, I do not. I mean, maybe they explain it this way, but I do not believe that the goal was disallowed because Gustavo Bo was in the in the line of the eyesight of the of the goaltender, uh, go, the goalkeeper as the as the, as the ball was deflected. I, I have it queued up and paused right now. Gustavo Bo is in an offside position at the moment the ball is served in from this uh, from barrero from the wing. He's in an offside position. So even though the ball is deflected off of Lennox's head, the ball is being served into Gustavo Bo, who's in an offside position. I, I mean, I, I'm not exactly up to I don't have like the, the rule book in front of me, but I believe that if the ball is being served into, in, in the direction of to a player who's um, currently occupying an offside position, then that play, no matter what happens, but, who's deflected off of the, the players. So what you're in saying
1: is it, So what you're saying is essentially that the goal is ruled offside because uh, the ball is being served to offside players, and ha- if they are not offside. The defensive markers aren't where, aren't like, are in different positions. And it, it, it had an impact on the play and how the and the positioning of the players, like, that led to the ball actually going in.
0: Yeah, So, so imagine, imagine Elenich does not touch this ball and it goes to Bo and he freaking does some scorpion bicycle shit and kicks it in the net. It, the goal would be roll off sides because at the moment yeah. the ball was surfed in, he was offsides. So even though the ball hits Elenich and goes in the net, the ball is being served to Bo. And he's offside, so therefore, the, whatever happens after that, the play is offside.
1: Can I be honest? Yeah. It's still a gift.
0: No, uh, yeah,
1: um, it, 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 it's still. Uh, t- t- see, and this is like what the conversation I got. The implementation of VAR is just so inconsistent because when it was first implemented, it was implemented for to only correct clear and obvious errors. They weren't like dissecting things like at the molecular at the m- molecular level. Pardon me. Uh, you know, like, like like and splitting hairs in order to see if it was this technically against the rules. Is this is technically within the rules. Like, like it's just I feel like I don't know. Like, uh, I just listen, listen. I say this as a city fan. I I don't I, I don't really see like a clear like, like. I mean, like we're still trying to figure out what 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 the fucking call even was. Like, well, was it the line of sight? Is it because he's crossing it into players who are offside? You know, like, like I just I. I this is too opaque for me, and this just is not clear cut or clear and obvious on any level. I mean, at least not look. I, I mean, it's definitely unlike any VAR check I've seen. I mean, and I've seen quite a few, but I don't know. I just it just doesn't sit right with me. Still, I mean, and listen, like, uh, like I, I want to put the you know, I want to preface this by saying that like I do think the goal was out. I, I stepped on something. I do think the goal was uh, against the run of play. And I do think that, you know, like it was a very fortunate goal for New England to have. So it kind of like stung a little bit. However, it's a goal is a goal. And I, if I'm the man in charge, I'm probably letting it stay, honestly. I mean, I don't know what Ishmael, I don't know what the VAR, you know, the video system referee was relaying to Fath. I don't know what, what the rationale was. I still don't understand. I mean, yeah, I still don't understand what Paul exactly was. And it seemed, but I mean, I don't know. Danny was there with me. I don't know, Danny, how do you
3: feel? I mean, I, I, I'm, I've got the replay up myself, and looking at the replay, like you're saying, if if he was crossing the ball in, and you know that was the reason why, because he crossed the ball in, well, technically he shouldn't be given that calling that offside because the player hasn't actually made contact with the ball yet. It's only whenever the player actually touches or makes contact with that ball and interferes the play of the trip tre- of the way that ball's going in if that was a wee bit higher and was going in like if you look at Baraz's position he is way off his line he's standing outside off his line um to me if that went in that wouldn't have been you know that wouldn't have been offside but the only thing that I can think is the only other thing is the line of sight but then at the same time though the way that ball's going up it's hitting off our player so it goes in hits off him He's got loads of time to get back. If he was on his line, he'd have loads of time to get back and catch that. But he wasn't. He was off off his line. But I wouldn't even say that's because of, you know, a line of sight thing. But maybe that's what's been given for. But I just think we've been let off really lightly with that there. Whenever that went in, I was like, that's, yeah, 1-0. Definitely 1-0. The fact that it got called back for VAR check really confused me because I didn't know what that was for.
2: Yeah.
0: So so, Yeah, Davi.
2: uh lucky i I think we we were owed a call since last week no (laughs) it it, it balances out to be honest i mean you 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 get a dodgy call against you and then you get a dodgy call for you i mean i'll I'll take it man i mean at at that point in the game i don't think i don't think they deserve the goal Um, um, i'm I'm still confused no no hold I'm, i'm still confused on why they took it away i i i I don't know. I'll I'll take it though. I'll take it. are,
1: are, are you still in the camp of anti NYCFC agenda on behalf of Pro Davi after that year? <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> what does Pro stand for again, Davi?
2: Probably will ruin the game. It's not an actual <laughs> shit bag. <laughs>
0: uh so yeah so after you, after wow. the 61st minute um own gold called off it felt like we had a we we were given new life a new a new chance to uh to get a, a uh to, to get a positive outcome in this match um four minutes later at 65 is when we had the wholesale changes three ch- three changes gabby in for Segal, morales in for parks ledesma in for pellegrini um and i was talking off air with uh with daniel about this but the 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 decision to bring on morales for parks parks is is our engine he's our eight he's our box to box morales is much more of a true six He, he does not fill an eight role well he does not get forward he does not play line splitting passes he helps organize a team defensively and can play simple passes um but he's not the uh he's not an engine he's not an eight. So bringing him on, so now from 65 minutes on, we are dealing with playing with pretty much essentially double sixes with James Sands and Alfredo Morales. We're missing an eight, and then we have a 10, who I'm assuming at this point is now Ledesma with with Santi. You guys are saying that Santi was playing the nine at this point with Gabi at one wing and um, Talis Magno on the other. Um, it, it, it really, I think it really just, uh, it was very apparent that once that happened, that we we were missing that that presence of Keaton Parks as the 8 to kind of help the build up and help play those line splitting passes and it it made it so that Santi uh, or so that uh that Ledesma had to do a lot more work as a 10 to um defensively to help kind of get back and, and and because we had those sixes sitting so
3: deep what what did you guys think about those subs definitely impacted the the second it definitely impacted the build up of play in terms of whenever you watch the transition of play from us moving from defense to an attack that build up play you saw how we the formation actually changed to a 3-4-3 kind of thing with Cheneau, Martins and Sands in the middle Koufrey and um Ilnich, you know on the wings with Parks leading you know going up with Rodriguez in the middle but Parks really is that engine in the middle once he was taken off Morales wasn't making those runs he wasn't he wasn't making the runs up. Whenever he was going up, he wasn't able to make the runs back because he wasn't quick enough. His positioning wasn't as good as Parks as well in terms of the build-up of play. And it just seemed that whenever Morales was too far back or too far forward, we were bringing in... Um, who was on the right? Gabby? Was Gabby, was he on the right? Uh, yeah, he, uh,
0: yeah, Gabby, Gabby essentially so, yeah, yeah. Gabby plays yeah, exclusively so... on the right wing.
3: Yeah, so Gabby was having to be dragged... Inwards towards the middle, and I mean it meant that um, Turnbull, who was you know substituted on for the right back position, was being exposed to more like you know attacks on that side. So, like I was saying beforehand, no, no parks, no party for me. It's just <laughs> he, he needs to; he's an integral part of that system.
1: I agreed with the, so to his credit, I agreed with the timing of the changes, and I thought two out of the three changes were good. Yeah. I thought bringing on Gabby and bringing on with Desmond were both the right decisions. The, uh, I would have left the Keaton, uh, uh, s- sub in my pocket personally. Cause I thought Keaton was having a decent impact in the game. He wasn't like, Dick. he wasn't, he wasn't like, like he wasn't like killing it. It wasn't like a, like a, like a Keaton Parks masterclass class last night, but it was still a very, very serviceable, reliable, solid performance from him at the eight. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any injury concerns with him. I don't I don't quite understand him being taken off for Alfredo, who is very as he put it, Joe, a very defensive minded player who does not who who will do a great job in the six, but typically does not transition into that eight role nearly as well. Um I just I I, I so like on one hand I did like the I did like bringing off Pellegrini. I thought Pellegrini was awful. Um I I'm still not on the Pellegrini train, I was looking forward to him getting a shot before the season, but he's had a shot now, and I just—I mean, it's still early days in his like NYCFC tenure. As far as
2: he's—he's—he's he's, he's, he's only played like what, like six competitive games for us, and he was on the bench most of the time for for, for the last for, for the last part of the season. So, I mean, the the the, the, the flashes are there. The flashes are there. He's just not—he's just not like the finished product yet in the in this. Are they, though? Like, what, what flashes?
1: Outside of the Miami game, I really
2: can't recall any time where he's had
1: a positive impact on any game that he's been in. I mean, and and no, he's had, like, about, like, 10 or 11 competitive matches at the club. I mean, most of them were off the bench last year. All of them were off the bench
2: yeah, last year. Yeah, but he, he barely
1: played. He got, like, what, like, five okay, minutes? Okay, but here's the thing. Even if Gabby Pereira is in a dip of form right now, does he offer anything that Gabby doesn't? Does he and, and is he need any,
2: like, in, any way an improvement over Gabby Pereira at the right wing at all? I mean, he's 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 not, but but at the same time, it's like this is this is well what we're left to deal with. Like this, this is this is all we have at, at the moment until uh, or until the summer, unless David Lee wants to kind of I, of I- I- improve on, on the wings, which I wouldn't see why he would. But, I, I, I mean, but, I, but this this is this is what we have to deal with uh, I, I, until the summer. It's a reality that we have to accept.
1: Okay, okay I, I understand where you're coming from.
2: However, like I don't think our team has been made any better. Uh, By Pellegrini's
1: presence in the pitch, whether it's on the left wing as an out-and-out winger or as an inverted winger on the right,
2: Uh, I I I, I still think it's too early to uh, to to call in my opinion. But uh, I I think I think he's been unlucky not to have one goal, one assist uh, this so far this season. Uh,
1: Okay, even if it's uh, in the same game,
2: right? uh, Well, one of them was in the Chicago
1: game; the other one was
2: in those in back-to-back games.
1: Uh, uh, But uh, but like I mean, okay, I understand your your position on Pellegrini and how he needs more time. However, I don't think he should be starting over Gabby Pereira in any universe. I just don't see that as an appropriate decision. Even if...
2: Well, 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 well
1: Gabby's not performing, so... I mean. I, I mean, I mean, yeah, but, like, I mean, this this, I mean, we've been... I mean, while some of us have been harping on the fact that Tatum Grayson's starting at right back, which has been limiting uh, Pereira's influence on the game from the right wing, in this game Illanet started. Uh, like, do, do you not think that that was a factor? But, Like Ilinich is starting, do you not think you should have given like Gabby at
2: least one more run out to see if that was the problem? But okay, well, fine, fine, fair. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll see next game. I mean, next game is at home, so I mean, we'll we'll, we'll, well talk about that when when, hey, when, we, when we get there. But um, yeah. I'm, I'm, Really quick, let me just interject.
1: Really quick. I mean, yeah, th- there's another game, but we don't know if Illinich or on Gray are going to be available for for that game at all, and we might be stuck with Turnbull. Who? No, no well, the, So we will be fine. Here's here's a, will be
0: fine. Here's a little nugget. So yeah. So Ilanich apparently is okay. I mean, it's his foot angle area, but I mean, I don't want to talk too much about it yet. But um, due to due to MLS roster rules, um, you were you're you, you were allowed to do short term loans of NYCFC two players to NY, to NYCFC first team. I think you're allowed to. I think you're allowed to do short-term loans four times. They're allowed to come. They're allowed to come in and sit in your 18 four times. But I believe that the rule is that they're only allowed to see game times two times in a whole season. So Turnbull, I think it's two. I think it's two. But so Turnbull is already burned through those two appearances. So I think that at this point he either has to be signed to a senior contract or he can't appear for NYCFC anymore. I
1: love I mean, okay, well, I would expect some news in in the coming days that Stephen Turnbull
2: has signed a full time contract with NYCFC.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, that, that'd be my expectation as well
2: because yeah, I and mean, then and then he and then he'd take the senior spot that was left by Thiago.
0: Or Wait. is there an, is there another right back playing for NYCFC two that we can call up to serve as an emergency role to kind of b- uh, burn through there four I appearances mean, because, and two or four
1: loans and two
0: possibly, appearances possibly.
2: But I doubt it. I mean,
1: you also can't forget about Andres Jason, who's on the bench who has had experience at that position. I mean, I don't think either of us rate him at that position, whether or not he's good at that position isn't like a yeah, top, like, like it, it, it's, it, it's definitely um, an option for them. Like, 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 like uh, Cushing and Dyla, obviously both see Jason as at least uh vi- somewhat viable in that right back position. And honestly, I, I from his, per- I mean, he's, I mean, I I don't think I think he's relatively unspectacular as a winger. Uh, what little I've seen of Jason at the right back position hasn't pissed me off. I don't think he's necessarily a game changer, and I don't think he me- makes us better by being there. But I mean, I, if I saw it, I I wouldn't. I'm not gonna like roll my eyes and say, "Oh, this is fucking ridiculous." You know, like 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 toss it out. I mean, it's,
2: it's, it's better than Acevedo playing right back. I, <laughs> I think we can all agree. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah for sure 100%. So,
0: um 65 is when we when we did those three subs and then s- 4 minutes later at 69 minutes uh Elenic has to depart with with an injury and Turnbull has to get in, inserted into the lineup. So that's that's we've now used we're four, actually, four we're subs we're in four in, a, in 4 we're, minutes. Who
2: put in a respectable shift? You put in a respectable shift?
0: Yeah. Um and then so at 69 that sub happens and then what happens at what happens at 70 be seventy minutes. We a minute after Turnbull comes on. And it wasn't his yeah. fault. It wasn't even on his side of the field. But we we are now. We've now taken four players on and four players off in four minutes, and that leads up to seventy minutes.
2: That, I, I have that, to. That falls on Barraza. Barraza's fucking arm isn't even half extended. His, well, so his, it's, a, it's just poor goalkeeping. Yeah, but
0: here's here, here's going to be the breakdown of the entire play. So Kufre has the ball on the left wing. Kufre pl- plays a square ball to Jamie Sands. Jamie Sands takes a touch, a little bit heavy. All right, goes into a challenge with Noah Buck. And this is in our this is at the top of our defensive third. So like they're, they're, at this point um, the the the, the Rebs are no longer at this in this moment they're not sitting back. They're 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 they have a high line of confrontation. They're trying to win the ball high up the pitch. Jamie Sands gets stuck um, gets stuck unnecessarily in a 50-50 challenge with Noah Buck. Noah Buck wins the challenge. The ball falls to Bobby Wood. Bobby Wood, one touch passes it to, to um to Carlos Gill. Now at this moment, we're stretched because uh because Cufre had the ball, Chino's pulled out to the left to help to provide depth for, for a pass possibly from Kufrey. And then now so now Chineau is backpedaling um to try to cover. Uh, Tiago Martins can't step up because he's covering uh Gustavo beau And the only player that has has any type of, of chance at at stopping Carlos Gill running full speed the net is Richie Ledesma, okay? Richie Ledesma gets close enough to Gill, puts in a half-ass challenge. Now, in this moment, what I think should have happened is I, th- I think Richie Ledesma should have taken Carlos Gill down. All right. it, wouldn't have been, yeah. it wouldn't have been a dog-so because, it, 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 because there, he wasn't the final defender, um, and it would have just been a professional foul to stop a counterattack. He probably would have got a yellow. He would have got a yellow for it. But in that moment, it would have made it so that they would have got another free kick, probably like four yards out, three yards right at the top of the 18. All right, which is a better, which I believe is a better opportunity than what he allowed him to do, which is he allowed Carlos Gil to just continue his run, and Carlos Gil pulls up, is a lefty, got the ball in his favorable foot, and takes a left-footed shot near post. It sneaks by Barraza. Barraza probably could have done better on the play, um, and it was a it was a waterfall effect of of Chano not being able to be central because he was out, out wide trying to be, be depth for for Koufray. But in that moment, I believe that Ledesma should have taken should have taken Gil down. What do,
1: what do you guys think? I think you're completely correct in the run-up of play about everything. Um, however, I, um, uh, I I still have a massive issue with how that play ended. Um, uh, when Carlos Heel still takes that shot, he is still outside the 18. Not by much, mm-hmm. but outside the 18. He, there's at least 20 yards between him and the goal. And it's a near post shot. And Barraza's positioning is fucking horrid. Terrible yeah. on the play. Um
2: He and he kind of his arm isn't even fucking extended. His arm is just there. He should be fully extending that shit. He's six foot fucking two, and Uh, this guy can't even half extend his arm to at least try to save it. It looks like a dive that I would fucking put in in a charity match. uh, uh, How poor that dive is. Okay, so so here's the thing. Like like, he kind of
1: dives to his left, but he kind of like doesn't even like really extend his arm. It almost as if like he is like like from the outside looking in. Like like I I can't I'm not a mind reader I don't know what was going through Barraza's mind maybe he did give it a 100 percent effort and that was just the best that he had on like on that particular attempt however you know looking from like uh, the view from behind heel when he takes uh, his, his his shot towards net uh, it looks like Barraza kind of just gives up on the play thinking that it's going to go you know like th- figuring that it's gonna it's gonna go wide and yeah. the ball just kind of sneaks into the near post and. I just like like what's the like Joe? You're a goalkeeper coach, right? That's yeah. you, that's your actual coaching profession when it comes to football, correct? Yeah. That, and what what's the number one rule of a goalkeeper?
0: Never let a goal go in your post.
1: Exactly, and, <laughs> yeah. and 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 I think that's especially true when shots coming from outside of the area, and it's a low driven shot at at, at that. Like it's not like anything that he has to like leap for. I, I understand that hard and low is like the ideal shot, you know, like like that's. That, you know typically the most effective shot but still like we're talking about a ball that's literally literally hasn't left the ground and the, just I'm sorry he's got to do better on that now listen there was you're completely correct there was a ton of um you know like fa- like failure after failure after failure that led up to that play Ledesma absolutely could uh, put in a professional foul and collect that yellow and you know, you know, eat the yellow for, to prevent that attack from happening in the first place. But Barraza has to be better on that attempt. Like I'm sorry, like if it was like from point blank range, like inside the box, if Carlos Hill was able to beat like that last center back right, right there. I don't remember exactly who it was that was closing him down. I think Martin I think that's was that. Tiago Martins. No, no yeah, Thiago
0: um, Martins was flat-footed because he couldn't move because Bo Bo was in a good spot to get a square ball. If if the moment Tiago Martins stepped, um, well, Gilles yeah, well, would have slid yeah, yeah, that but, ball to Bo.
1: Well, yeah, well, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not criticizing Martins for that play. I'm saying, like, like if he gets, if he continues his run and gets past Martins, and then he makes that same shot, and you know, Barraza can't save it, then you know, like, I, I guess whatever. I mean, it's still so a near post Ch- finish. Chanou
0: Ch- slides
1: to try to block the shot. Um, well, well, but once again, I, I, I just like once, once again, I'm just trying to set set the table here. Like, like if Carlos Heel continues that run into the box, and you know, and is able to make that an identical finish, then I guess like fair play to him um you know like, like like i still don't think like a goalkeeper should ever be beat, get be getting beat near post not however for, not but, from outside your 18 hell no uh, but i mean that shot still came from outside the 18. that there's that that's at least a 20 yard attempt bare minimum 19. like i'm sorry and from Baraza should have done better his position his starting
3: positioning on that shot was four his body is just not ready you can tell he is not ready for that shot like you said he thinks it's going out he is not extending himself to cover himself that near post he looks like he's going oh that's going out but obviously it's went in and you can see from the movement from where he's gone down to try he hasn't even extended because he hasn't been the right starting position to get an extension you know from his legs to push off you know what i mean yeah,
1: and I, and I also think it, it just, it, like, we were talking about this, like, on the last pod. I mean, I mean, we, I mean, three, three, uh, NYCFC OG was the, uh, was, was the last, uh, was the last guest that we had in the pod. And he, Joe, and Davi all saw Baraza uh, starting in this game, uh, and rightfully so. You know, like, I, I made the, the hot take that, you know, Freeze would probably finally see, uh, some, some minutes, like, in this game, uh, but that was kind of, like, a long shot anyway. But I, I just, like, Barraza's just been bad. He's been bad. Like, like, like he, like uh, every single shot that like was in his direction just looked like he made a meal out of everything that he had to say. Like everything that, like on every single free kick, he had that like Statue of Liberty flail. That like at every single ball, like he was coming, like he was coming off his feet for everything like that. He missed the cross into the box that could have definitely bit us in the ass uh, earlier in the game. I just. Everything about his positioning is fucking suspect. Everything yep. about stop shots is suspect. He just doesn't. And also, we've been hearing about his distribution. I mean, listen, he, he made a, a few decent passes, but has his distribution and, 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 and work with the ball at his feet been any, in any way an improvement over Sean Johnson, who was constantly... I mean, I mean
2: if, you, if, you, if it's kicking out of bounds, then yes.
1: Like, the, the, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, Dabby. Uh, no but seriously like answer that like has he been in any way like in a, like like with the ball at his feet or in a distribution and improvement over Johnson no, at he all he
2: looks shaky he looks he looks poor he looks like he just wants to get rid of the ball as fast as possible whenever the ball comes back to him whenever he receives a pass from Chenor Martin just, the 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 distribution's been poor it's it's it, it hasn't was- been there i don't i don't see what what, what the fuck the hype was about. I, I, I'm I honestly done. I'm done with Barraza. I, w- I want to see Freeze in that next game, but that's not going to happen, let's be honest.
3: Well, I think definitely with Barraza, I think it's definitely, like I was saying before we started recording, he doesn't really have that like presence in the box where he is commanding those players. Like He does not seem to be an outspoken goalkeeper he seems to be quite reserved in the sense of how he commands that box even whenever there's corners taken or free kicks going in or long balls going in he's not really calling for it he's just you know making a dog's dinner of it and also confidence wise obviously Sean's left and there is always been the, the conversation of would he take the number one spot obviously he's been the longest serving goalkeeper there um, between him and Freeze, so obviously it, it makes the right choice to give him the number one spot. But at the same time, though, that's obviously going to be playing in the back of his head of every position or every game that he's playing. It's going to be he's under scrutiny and he is under under a lot of scrutiny at the moment. So, he is. so I don't know. I mean, I would love to see Freeze in the next game. It would be really good, but I just don't think it's going to happen. But I think it's yeah. definitely needed. I think he needs. I think he needs bench just for that game to let Freeze have a go and then I, get that competition going because I think he's getting a wee bit too comfortable knowing that he's going to be, you know, the number one goalkeeper. I don't think, I think he's been I, used enough.
1: I think he also needs like a little kick in the ass. Like if, if Nick yeah. if Nick if Cushing is like serious about you know we're competing for starting spaces then yeah. by then like then by that rule and I've already like pretty much like like shown like skepticism towards that comment. I don't think. Uh, emphasis on competition for places is nearly as uh, like, like as emphasized like within the club structure as like maybe like they would say to the press. I think like there's definitely some, you know, like like politics and loyalty and bi- biases that go into each of those decisions. Um, I mean, I mean, I play like uh, this doesn't probably equate, but I play football manager and shit. Like I have like certain you know like you know predisp- predispositions to give certain players a chance over others, even if like others are on paper probably better players. Um, I mean. Also, we don't know what's happening in training, either. You know, we don't really see any extensive looks into that. However, like, it's just, at this point, like, I think, like, like, if anything, I think benching Barraza for a game, even if Freeze doesn't necessarily perform well, I think benching Barraza would send a a message as far as, you know, like, okay, if you're not going to perform, then it's next man up. And, you know, like, like maybe you might get... yeah and it, the next time you get a shot you know you better make the most of it
3: yeah i, d- I definitely agree with that there because i think just the last night the positioning was just it was really annoying me how he was he was off that line so that, much that, that, that so... one
2: free kick um it was uh it was it was around the same area where the the goal was conceded uh, he was he was actually beat to it and surprisingly they overturned the decision from corner kick to goal kick um, again, poor positioning. Barraza actually got beat. I mean, if if that if that that ball was on target, that, that ball is going into the back of the net. I, he's very lucky that that ball did not go in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. It's just it, it's. I, I, I'm just. I'm not. I'm not at all satisfied with Barraza at all. Dude,
2: like, no. dude gave up a throw in like late in the game, trying to pass out to. I think it was Koufrey or some, someone on someone on the left hand side of the defense, and it just went out for a fucking throw. And I'm like, oh my god, it was. It was at that point where I'm like, oh fuck, this guy. Like, I'm I'm over it, bro. Just put him freeze. If he was just putting in like decent shifts, like like and like, and
1: I didn't like, and he wasn't making any glaring mistakes, and like wasn't costing us points, I I, I wouldn't have nearly as much of a problem. But the thing is, when like he like. Whenever like pressure is high, he, all, these mistakes just seem to continuously happen. Whenever an opposing team presses, whenever he has to come off of his line, when it comes to making the decision, whether whether to come off of his line, you, you or see not. him crumble under that pressure. It, it's just like like he just doesn't seem to have the football IQ or the composure needed to play a position that requires you to have both. You know, you can't be missing one or the other, or either. You know, like 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 they're both very 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 important and. I'm just, I am I, I want to give the kid a shot because, listen, I contrary to popular, I mean, not even contrary to popular opinion, I think anybody who actually listens to what I have to say, I think, would agree with this. And I think Joe and Davi would as well. I don't want to see anybody fail when they're wearing our colors at all. I don't root for anybody, even if I don't think they're going to be good. I'm not like, like for instance, I've had a lot of bad things to say about Kufre. I don't think Kufre has looked particularly excellent uh, in the NYCFC shirt since he came over. Um, and, and Danny, you and I were That's talking about. embarrassed. Uh, Danny, you and I were talking about his uh positioning uh last yeah. night and, and how bad it was, uh, especially in defensive transition. Uh yeah. like, like however, I'm not rooting against Kufrey. I'm not I'm not I hope he comes out and puts out a man of the match performance next time. And I and I look for the same thing I've been waiting for Barraza to just show me just one thing. Just one thing that like that makes him stand out. And just and he just hasn't. He just hasn't this season. Like like nobody can say that he has because he just I, I and I know we've also talked about sample sizes and letting players like acclimate and like actually getting a full on evaluation, especially with a, a weird position like goalkeeper where their work rate, their workload is going to differ greatly from match to match more so than any other position on the pitch. And it, but at the same time, it's like how how many how many chance like when you do get those chances, you can't be making mistakes with them either. Uh, like, Joe, do, do, you, do you agree at all, Joe, or am I just? no i I, nice
0: I I definitely agree that uh that Barraza has not shown anything in these six matches that that I mean it's if you I try not to listen or or look at transcripts of what Cushing is saying in post game press conferences and pre-game press conferences because a lot of it is just coach speak he's obviously not gonna call anybody out or say anything negative about anybody. Um, but he keeps he keeps uh, uh, applauding Barraza for his for his performances and what he's doing, and for sitting behind Sean for so long, and, and then now stepping up and 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 trying to take the reins of the number position. But I just I don't see the consistency in the in his performances to to warrant um, uh, him just having a an unmitigated path to being the the number one goalkeeper for this club. Um, and I do think that we need to, that I, we spoke at, at length in the, in the space yesterday that that 10 to 12 games is, is, is a good, a better a, a decent sample size for what you can expect from a field player or from a goalkeeper because um, it, it gives you tangible evidence of, of what they're doing. Um, so I do think that Barraza deserves more of a chance just I mean just so we can get a crystal clear vision of, of what we can expect from him in, in the role. Um, but I, I, I do think at this mo- in this moment at this juncture, with us having a three game homestand, i think that it, it it does lend itself to be a perfect opportunity to kind of transition to see what uh to see what Matty ice has to offer um in, as the goalkeeper position cuz who knows what they're seeing in training who know, who knows who knows what what what, what Cushing and what Rob Vertugian are seeing in training from from uh from matt um freist uh to uh, to see if, um if he deserves these minutes but i mean all all i know all the fans know is that we paid a pretty decent amount of money for this guy um, to come and just foil away and serve as 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 Baraz's backup for the entire season, and maybe
2: and, and, and we paid it to a rival too.
0: Yeah, um, but I mean, if if you look around the league, um, there there wasn't really there wasn't much to pick from in terms of um a higher quality backup who has some um who has some uh potential. Um, it was it was uh it was him. Um, and part of the reason why is I mean, there was a lot of people in Philadelphia saying that he probably could have gotten more time, if he were not be- behind Andre Blake, who was who's arguably one of the greatest goalkeepers in in MLS at the moment. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's a, it's a little bit too we sent a little bit too much money for him to to hit, for him to just come and be a backup. We had we have freaking Cody Mizell. We could have just... If, if the idea was for the... I've, Cody is a more, more than capable backup goalkeeper, and we could have just picked up some USL guy or some free agent goalkeeper to serve as our emergency third goalkeeper.
2: Or, or we could have just drafted another person. Yeah, or we could
0: have just drafted another one. But, I mean, there's there's one thing that I do notice. and I mean, this is, uh, this is a statement on Cody Mizell. If you guys ever go to a home match and get there a little bit early and go and watch the, watch the players arrive, Cody Mizell is always... Always, the first person to arrive for a home match. He is always the first person from the from the, from the NYCFC players to
2: arrive at a, the, at a match. For a third choice goalkeeper, I respect that.
0: Yeah, he is always the first one there. Um, you, you don't hear him complain in, in the media. You don't hear him complain a bit about his current role, about Sean leaving and him not getting even a chance or a sniff at the, at the goalkeeper spot. Um, I think
2: I think as as soon as we signed him, I think he knew the writing was on the wall that he wasn't going to just. Yeah, I don't think he was going to play. I mean, if he was going to play, it'd probably be the odd preseason or. And I'm
0: actually or, I'm, part, like, of I wanna, part of the reason why I want to. Part of the reason why I want to watch tonight is because I really hope that Mizell is now going to get the the minutes for NYCFC 2 that Barraza was getting last year, because although I do want them to develop Alex Rando, who's one of the goal, goalkeepers from the academy. If Mizell is not going to get minutes with NYCFC 2 and he's not going to get minutes with NYCFC senior team, how is he going to progress as a player? He, you can't just train all the time. You need to get minutes somewhere, whether it's out on loan with Hartford Athletic or if it's somewhere, he has to get minutes somewhere to progress as a goalkeeper because he's not hes not old. He's, still, he's pretty young, too. All of our goalkeepers are relatively young now. How is he, like 26 or something? I, th- I, I want to say he's under 26, 26, 25, somewhere in that range. Um we signed him randomly from like some u s l team um to serve as our emergency emergency third keeper when uh when brad Stuber left to
2: uh to austin he's he's not he's not as young as you think he is was he twenty eight he's thirty one Mizel's thirty one yeah wow and he we signed him from New mexico united yeah united.
0: that's right I, I was gonna say New mexico but i wasn't sure um all right but, but i mean we know from from having Sean Johnson, and we know from uh, anybody who's a U.S. men's national team fan, we know that like goalkeepers tend to um, be—they're able to play in, into their late 30s, they, they, and they tend to actually peak and get better as they get older um, at the elite level, at least. Um, so yeah, so I mean, all in all, I, I think that oh, uh, that he, Ma, that Matt Freese,
2: like, well, like yeah,
0: G- and he's still playing. Yeah, but he—that's—he's—he's that, a, he's a different class of goalkeeper. He's in a, in a completely different.
1: And not the rule. Let's not. Like, yeah, yeah. All... No, he's 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 all the way. Up there. Uh, Buffon's a World Cup winner and a phenomenal <laughs> goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, but I'd still.
2: I, I just thought to throw that in there. But I, I was
0: talking about more yeah. long lines of like Tim Howard. Like Tim, Tim Howard was an American keeper and, and he played for. He, he played well into his late thirties, maybe, know, maybe like, early forties.
2: Another one of the, the Colombian goalkeepers. He broke the record at the time in the 2014 World Cup. I think he was like 41 or 42 years old. He was subbed on against Japan. Yeah. He was like the oldest goalkeeper so that, like, in World Cup history. That's yeah.
0: even more. That's even more of an indictment on, on, on to uh, to Mizel not having a peep out of him. He's thirty one years old, and he's not even getting a sniff of the starting spot on a team that he got signed to. So he's very much he's a pro's pro, and um, I really hope that he gets these valuable minutes tonight and in the future for NYCC too. So he can at least he can at least play. I mean, it's going to suck just being a training keeper and just just practicing all the time and not getting any burn in, in any type of games for any any of our levels of of, of competition. Um, but yeah, so I'm, def- I mean, I'm definitely in the camp just, that I I think that Matt freeze deserves a shot. And I think that this homestand is a perfect chance to kind of transition. If
2: the, if, the ch- if the chance presents itself, I'd love to see, uh, Mizell actually play for the first team. Yeah, just, who, to see, just to
1: see what he can do. Um,
2: yeah. Uh, but yeah. It's, it's highly unlikely though.
1: So to be fair, I, we've seen Mizell in a few friendlies before in past seasons. I think he appeared a few times in 2020 and, it, uh, and if I if I recall correctly, I think he appeared a few times during twenty twenty one. We didn't see a lot of twenty twenty one. The preseason in twenty twenty one is a blur. But I remember like one time seeing him and just being so unimpressed with him. Well, like he was. Not... never
0: appeared in a, in, a, in an official match. Not not a match. No, no, for no. anything.
1: Yeah, he's never appeared in a U.S. Open Cup match. He's never appeared in an MLS match or a Leagues Cup match. He's never appeared in anything like that. Uh, but. um I remember seeing him in one friendly. I'm trying to remember. It might have not even been him. It might have been Jeff Caldwell. I don't remember who it yeah, was. Yeah, because like, even
0: even during preseason, he wasn't even he wasn't getting any burn in in preseason. It was it was freeze and Barraza. He wasn't getting any time. Not even like a 15 minute. Nothing. And I
1: and and I do remember. I remember in that LA Galaxy game specifically. Um, you know when we beat LA, uh, I remember Barraza played the first half, conceded a goal. And freeze came on the second half, and obviously we couldn't see that game. It wasn't being broadcasted. It was it was freeze that conceded the goal. I, I, it, not that if not, not that I recall. Didn't that goal come it, in the first
2: half? Game? Game, yes. Uh, well, yeah, not, he's he encycl-
0: encyclopedia, Davy. You, you got to take him at his word.
2: <laughs> I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, no, no, we, we, we were up one 0 at halftime, and then um, the reason why we conceded is because Chanel thought it'd be cool to duck under the ball and then give Chicharito right. when we won a chance. Right.
1: Right, that's right, that's right. And Freeze was in that,
2: you're correct. Yeah, I saw that highlight
1: when, like, Chanel It was basically, like, a, it was a howler from Chanel, yeah. It was basically nothing he could do. Um, but uh, I remember hearing on the radio broadcast he made a brilliant save, like, a few of them, like, in quick succession. Uh, and then he saved a penalty. Save the penalty. And he saved the penalty. And then he saved the penalty from Douglas Costa. Douglas Costa, we all know who Douglas Costa is. He's a very, very accomplished... Very good. Um, Why? Wow. Uh, 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 you know, uh, for LA Galaxy, he definitely seems that he's viewing it as, like, an extra paycheck. But, I mean, still, I mean, Douglas Costa will put a shot on with good pace and everything like that. He, he's a he's a, he's a dual-threat player. You can play him at left-back. You can play him at left wing. I
2: think Down is one of
1: the players in Europe that failed to live up to their full potential. Yeah, I mean, he never lived up to his full potential, but Douglas Costa was always a really good player. He was never, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For sure. he was... Never even- he, he was- He's he, he he was a threat on his day, but he just never. I, I don't want I don't want to live. get into a, I don't want to get into a, the conversation about whether or not Douglas Costa yeah, fulfilled his. Keep this in But the, 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 the is in the few moments that Freeze got in his preseason, by all accounts, he did fairly well and lived up to the occasion. And I I just and I thought it was his, I thought it was his job at the end of the preseason, given like those like. You know, granted it was an uneducated to get you know guess on my part, but from ever all the match reports, all the all the reports of like the press who were at the game, you know, and like certain like comments that like were made like in to the press, I it seemed like Freeze was like d- doing quite well, and yeah. I'm surprised he has. He didn't get a shot, you know, like, or hasn't gotten a shot. I understand that, once again, I understand that goalkeeper, you want, like, some some semblance of consistency at that position. But at the same time, if you're actually serious about competing, which is one of the reasons why I said, I don't think Cushing's actually serious about that, uh, maybe a one-off appearance, especially at, like, a home game like Yankee State with City Field is it, it is due. Maybe. I hope.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so here's one. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Ismail Elfath. Um, in this match, I-, I thought he had decent control of the match, but going back and look at the statistics, he only handed out one yellow card for the entire match, and it went to Mica Alenik for a professional foul when he kind of, like, wrapped. He-, he tried to make a tackle on the guy, didn't get him. I think it was Jil. And then he kind of, like, just wrapped him up and just tugged him down to the ground. Um so I mean, there, there were a decent amount of fouls in this match. I think there was like four, fourteen for NYCFC and maybe twelve for the for, for the Revs, but only one yellow card in the entire match. Um, so I mean, that that was definitely a statistic that jumped out at me um, with, with maybe um, with El not having the the utmost control um, of of the match. Um, things didn't get too too chippy, but there was definitely one moment where. Um, uh, who was it and i know uh santiago didn't rodriguez he didn't he didn't get in any trouble this match in terms of running his mouth or being an, an angry little elf or anything like that um oh, elf? <laughs> yeah <laughs> why <What>? because <laughs> he's little <laughs> not as little as santi but um, little. It, 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 that's an elf reference will fall and urinated call me an elf one more time uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, yeah, so I mean, in terms of uh, uh, chances created in this match, uh, NYCFC one one chance created, and, I, and I'm, I don't know why it's one because we definitely had we definitely had two solid chances created. They both came off of set pieces. Um, the first one being the thunderous header from Tiago Martins, uh, but just happened to go directly to Petrovic, um, who made a pretty clean and easy save um, on the attempt. I, I thought that was a really good chance for us to to get ahead. Um, and then not too much, not, not, not that much longer later. Um, another another header um, service from Gabriel Pereira uh, Tallest Magno uh, is the tallest mango and gets to the uh, gets to the ball and heads it in the back of the net um, nice finish nice service um, and, and and this game was kind of uh it looked like it was gonna hinge on us converting on a set piece because in terms of creativity and and, and finding that final pass in the final third it was just it was not happening today it was not it was not happening in this match everything nothing looked fluid. In the final third, everyone—it was just a big cluster. They were hunkering down, parking the bus, blocking all the passing lanes. Um, it looked like we were going to. Our only clear opportunities were going to come from set pieces, and that's and that is what happened. We got two really good, really t- two really good ones. And we're probably hard done not to get not to score on both of them. Um, if you're if you're coming down with a nice header um, at the at, inside the six yard box, it probably should end up in the back of the net. Do you guys disagree with that?
1: No, I I, I remember saying like, it was a good save. Uh, on uh on georgie's part uh however um i do think that daga martins needs to do a little bit better on that chance i do think he needs to drive it just a little bit lower i mean it, it was a pretty solid attempt the only issue is it's just it 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 was it, it, a good save you know and it's and it's more so like directly out him it, it it's hard to like like on those in swing balls to get your head on the other end of it and drive it into a position where like you know like the keeper's like not you don't have as much control as you would as like say like a fin- like a finish with the inside of your foot or something like that I, I thought it was a decent attempt on goal but it was a better save uh, I do think that I do think that you need like if it's coming from that close on a set piece I do think you should finish it but Martins is a center back and he's not Collins uh, so I mean
2: you know like did I don't you, want Did you guys also touch on the um the chance that Talos Magno missed ju- just curling it wide of the far post. Uh, is it that th- I do remember that chance.
1: That was uh, yeah, just curled outside. I-, I definitely think
2: I should. I forgot who. Uh, I don't know if it was Pereira or Santiago Rodriguez. Like, he played him. He was he, he was had tons of space and time to just kind of take a touch and then just rolled it wide of the far post. I mean, it, it, if if it was about two three inches to. To the left, that that, that probably bangs off the post, and that it's probably like a carbon copy of uh, Pereira's goal against Chicago. Well, actually, that was was also a pretty good chance that uh, we regret missing, and it was still nil nil at the time. So we that if that ball would have gone in, we would have gone up one nil. Danny, what did you think of this
1: uh, of Martin's attempt
3: on goal? Um, the attempt. Do you know what we were really unlucky in terms of the attempts that we were having? In terms of it was just the, it was just it was getting that end product, which was the only problem. I mean, looking at the stats here, we had fourteen shots and we only had three on target. So it's that convert it's it's converting those chances that we're getting. I mean, I was happy enough with the the minor goal, happy enough for that there. Obviously, ecstatic that we got that goal, but you know, fourteen shots and we only converted three of them on target. You know, it's not great.
1: Yeah, I I I agree. No, if you're taking fourteen shots, I you should at least put at least I, I would say at least like six or five on target. Yeah. I understand and target with every single one of them. Not everything is going to be a high quality shot or
3: high I mean, quality. As well, as well as that, there like the possession we had fifty eight percent of the possession, and in terms of our passes, like we outpass that team nearly double. We they only passed they passed. 378 times compared to us passing 527 times so and also just to add on to that we
1: weren't passing it back to the goalkeeper as often no. as we were
3: used to, like no it was it was side to side but you know it's but more in terms of you know getting it up the pitch which is better it was more fluid and getting it up the pitch um compared to the last weeks where it was just pass back pass back pass back which was just ridiculous
0: so another telling statistic is that um New York City held the advantage in corner kicks uh for nine to four um yeah now typically i mean i can I can very much remember vividly remember um there being a a, a little song that uh, the supporters section or people in this in this in the stands used to sing um that goes uh, something like we never score on a corner, score on a corner. We never score on a corner. Because we, we don't we do don't we, we're not score. We're not a good set-piece team. Well, well just, we
2: got our goal from a corner kick.
0: Yes, but having nine of them, do you think that we should have done better with those opportunities? Especially because a lot of those corners didn't even beat the first defender.
1: Yeah, well, I... Mean, I, I, I de- so okay. scoring on a corner isn't... Like, historically speaking, it's not... Like, if you, like, take, like, all the corners, like, I would probably say, like, only, like... Like, across, like, a league season... There's probably only about, like, 5% of them, if if that, at most, like, going into the net. I think if you're getting that many corners in a match, you should at least put, like, get a shot on three of them. Uh, Like, even if they're not on target, and it's kind of just like a, you know, like a 50-50 header that you just need to win in order to just not be embarrassed. You know, like, like, yeah, you should definitely do that. But, I mean, it's just... It's hard weighing out the positives with the negatives of this game because I do think most of it was positive, but the negatives stick out so much. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like 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 even though the negatives like were only like spots because I do think that we played a, a pretty complete match in this game. Like outside of the final product, I know that we have differing opinions on that. I was encouraged that all we were missing is the last pass because I feel I feel like it, it, like like if you have to figure out getting the ball up the pitch in general, I think that's like. Like it, like like last week against Houston, like it's like like uh, we were trying to figure out how to even get the ball into the final third, much less what to do with it once we got there. And I feel like if you just need to figure out like where that last pass is going, I think that's a good problem to have, uh, I th- or at least not as detrimental of a problem to have. Um, with, with, on a set piece, it's just I don't know it. it I'm at a loss really like, like I, I, I'm happy that we scored on the corner though. I'm happy that Talos, cause yeah. always talked about his height and how much bigger he looks than other players. Like when he's on the pitch, cause he's, he's not just like tall, like he's got some, he's got a build to him. Like he's got strength to him. He seems like a, a tough kid and you know, to see him rise like over that, like, like he beats the, uh, whoever the 17 year old is on, uh, on new England. I don't recall his name. Like he beats him on the initial mark and then wins the ball in the air. And then, uh, you know, and just puts a really good header on it. You no know, like, like, buck. It might have been. I don't know. The haired boy. He was dark-haired. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, they were talking about a 17-year-old and showed him on screen, like showed this guy's face that he beat on the initial, like mm-hmm. like like on like like on the movement. I, I don't know exactly who they were talking about or if it was the player that they were describing. I don't know anybody on New England outside of a few key players, uh, but uh, um, it was a good header. Uh, it was a gr- it was a brilliantly delivered ball from Gabby on the corner. Yeah. So, it was it, sweet as a nut, you know, yeah, like just... Uh, so yeah. The delivery
3: of the corners changed so much on that right-hand side because obviously we had Pellegrini taking the corners the first half up until, mm-hmm. you know, whenever he was subbed off. But whenever Gabby was delivering those balls and he was delivering them, they were, they were a lot more clinical. They were a lot more... There was, a, there was more of a there was more to it than what Pellegrini because Pellegrini was either he was aiming low towards the near post or he was aiming to the first man he could see closest to him the other you know Gabby's corners were more aerial looping into the back post waiting for somebody to run onto it it was just different style of play but I just think whenever Pellegrini came off and Gabby took over that's whenever the corners actually started having a bit of an impact in that sense I actually forgot to factor that into
1: uh, Joe's mention of like the, how many corners we had, had and how ineffective uh, we were in them. I completely forgot that it was Pellegrini that was whipping in like ninety percent of them, and that they were yeah,
3: all poor. exactly. That's what I mean. So it's you know. It, we can maybe discount all of the ones that held. you know, was whipping in and um, more focus on the ones that Gabby was doing. You know, I remember there was one corner where he there was like a very low
2: ball and it, it didn't beat, it didn't even beat the first defender. The defender just kind of like volleyed it out for another corner. I, yeah. I
1: I've got, I've got a question for you guys collectively. I, I mean, I'm probably like jumping like ahead a little bit too much because we still have like an actual result to like wrap up. Uh, however, like, do you think, uh, do you think it's enough for Gabby to? get put back into the starting spot fuck. next n- next week fuck yeah y- yeah, yeah. I, could, no, I i think so, so. i honestly don't even agree with him not wait, wait, now listen i said before like, like the, the game in the twitter space that if there's any player who based on their form i mean listen as as poor as i think paul greeny has been in the, in the past few weeks gabby has been worse like like objectively speaking and i say that as a gabby fan i say that as a as a, somebody who who thinks gabby is arguably our best attacking player on the team for for one reason or another, I I, I don't quite buy into the Tavon Gray is making him worse. I think the system this year of Tavon Gray being forced to stay back is making him worse, and him having no support. Because even if Tavon can't whip in a ball, at least you have someone to link up with. if like they're in an advanced position and like make like a one two pass and get into space and then see if you can do something with it. Uh, however, like uh, just I think with Ilanich like available. I think start. I think it was a missed opportunity not to start Gabby from the rip, and I honestly think we would have been winning the game outside the in the first half had he start had Gabby started. What's up, Joe?
0: I misspoke earlier. That that Tiago Martins header was off of a set off of a service from Santiago Rodriguez, not off a of kick. a corner kick.
1: It was a free kick. Yeah, it, it was, was a free kick. Yeah, it was not off a corner kick. It was off of a set piece uh, a service from Santi. Even here, you mentioned corner kick. I was I was speaking like strictly. To, who who delivered that ball? Was that Santi? Santi. Yep. It was Santi. Yep. That was a beautiful delivery. It was. That it was like was, a, it
0: had good, it had really good movement on it. It was a good ball.
1: Yeah, good pace. Had a little mustard on it. You, you love to see it. No, I just no, I, I that and 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 if Galbi starts this game stay in the starting eleven, that's the question. Yeah, yeah Pellegrini
0: uh, would be the one coming out, and Talos would stay on the left. gabby would be on the right, and Segal would be up top.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. One hundred percent. Wow, yeah. we all agree. And, and you're at home, so you can you can experiment, and you would probably still be okay. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's uh, let's let's get to the result here because we gotta we gotta wrap this up soon. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, any, anytime you go into New England, um, it's a tough place for us to play uh, in in our history. Um, and this this is one of those uh, Coach Joe moments where it feels it's a it's a draw that feels like a win because we we stole points. Um, after after conceding and going down. Um, so all in all, I would say it's a positive result coming home with a point from New England. What do you guys think?
3: Definitely you... a positive, definitely. Like I said at the start, it's definitely an improvement compared to last week's one. Um, with the players playing their natural positions, the, the game was able to play more fluidly. Um, even just watching the build-up play and how the ball was being passed about, it was more positive. The players seemed a, bit, a lot more confident than so they did um and it it helped that you know we were in their in their back garden we were playing our style of football and they had to deal with it like they did not have an answer so they didn't, in that first half maybe the first like what seventy eight minutes the revs were you know it looked a wee bit shaky it looked like no flip they could maybe take this game to us but like that first half and up until about the 65th minute we were doing quite well in terms of playing our game in our style and they had to play that way if you know what i mean so i think definitely um Definitely a positive going into these next three games at home. Definitely a uh, definitely a confidence boost for sure. And to come away with the point against the league leaders at the time, um, yeah, you can't say no to that. There compared to you know what the abysmal result was last week. Uh,
1: I I agree completely with Danny. Um, I I believe that we probably had. I thought we had enough quality in our play this week to win the game. Personally, uh, I know some people may disagree with that. I thought we did enough. I thought we played well enough, like over the course of an entire 90 minutes in order to win the game. Uh, However, despite that, uh, you know how, you know, what my saying is context matters. And contextually speaking, new England is a very, very strong team uh, and, and have been in the early uh, stages of this new season. And, and they were, and we were on the road, uh, you know, uh, you know, and this team has not, you know, historically played well on the road, you know, in the last several seasons, we haven't really been good on the road. Um, uh, but however, that being said, I do think that this is a draw that feels like a win. I think it's a very, I, I, we deserve something from this game. I'll take a point on the road uh, going in to a three-game home stretch, which I think will yield us at least seven points. Um, and yeah, no, I just, I think I think this is a step in the right direction. I think, you know, having Talos out left is a bit, is, is the game changer. I do think that that makes all the difference because we, we've seen what Talos can do in this league when he is able to be himself and able to play in his strongest position and able to, like, really, like, assert, like, you know, like, like, like assert, like, 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 get on the ball a lot more often than he would at the number nine. And I thought that he, I, I thought, I think he is going, him playing at the left wing is going to be a key to our success moving forward. And if Cushing commits to giving Gabby, uh, not Gabby, uh, Gabe, a, a run out, you know, at striker more consistently, um, you know, and like, and then actually playing everybody in their natural positions and maybe reinserts Gabby Pereira into the starting lineup. I think this is a team that can do a lot of damage as is. Obviously, we need reinforcements in the summer. I would still like to see a striker, you know, like, it, it, and that's assuming if Gabby, it's not, oh, that's going to be a problem. That's assuming if Seagal. Just call him
0: Seagal. The, yeah, Seagal. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That's assuming if Seagal doesn't, you know, like, like cuz who knows maybe he's a sleeper and maybe he explodes i don't see it but it's possible uh you know that's even in even so you still need depth at that position anyway you know right now as is i do think this is a team that is strong and is dangerous and can take it to any team in the league on their day we just need to have a little bit of consistency we need to play players where they're strongest and i think having uh, Talos at the left and Santi at the ten, and also with sub- supplemental pieces like you know um, Ledesma. I do think this team is a force to be reckoned with. And that game just filled me full of optimism.
3: Yeah, totally agree.
1: Davi,
2: yeah, I'm surprised with the the way we played. I'm pleasantly pleased. I mean, especially coming off last week, which is fucking awful. And the ball was so fucking. It, we somehow we were able to be worse than. We, then the game against Nashville, I don't know how the fuck that's even possible, but we somehow achieved it. Um, so the the way we played, it's, it's going to bring a lot of confidence to the players, um, especially with the three home games in a row, um, you know, against against opponents that we should be beating. Uh, I've, I've watched the uh, highlights on Atlanta. They, they did not look good at all um, last night against the Red Bulls. Um in fact they they only got their um they only got their goal because of a poor goalkeeping mistake um pretty early on and that's that's how they won the game they look pretty shaky so but I, and, um, either
0: way you can't discount the fact that they're the second in the east right now
2: yeah yeah true but mo- most of their games have been at home and they they really they they haven't won a regular season game at yankee stadium um so that's, that's something to take into consideration um and considering our fantastic home record, especially there, uh, Christian said it multiple times. He doesn't think we're going to lose a single game at Yankee Stadium. Probably worst case scenario, draw. But I think this this will this will bring back confidence into the team. Um, especially coming off last week, I, I think uh, with the proper striker, um, we 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 will we'll definitely be a, uh, I'd say a contender from from the Eastern Conference into the playoffs and. Um, I think I think Gabe Segal is probably a key um, into you know kind of coping with the fact that we don't really have a, an experience true number nine. Um, keep in mind he he only just made his first professional appearance uh, last night and he was actually fairly decent for the 60 minutes that he was on the pitch um, in a in a place that we where we notoriously uh, lose. Uh, we we've conceded goals in the first 15 minutes there, I believe. Three or four times before, before yeah, before the trip, and I think um, you know to go up there, go up to New England, and you know just uh, get, getting a point up there after going down a goal um, against the run of play. In my opinion, that's uh, that it shows great fight from the team, and I like the new system that uh, Nick Cushing, or or, or at least uh, the the Gabe Segal coming into the system and kind of changing it up a little bit. I think it shows that Nick Cushing's kinda of willing to kind of experiment. I mean we've we've seen it with the back three last year to to end it. Um that uh you know whenever you experiment and you find a good system you gotta roll with it. So hopefully uh, Nick Cushing can roll roll with uh gave the I think he's deserved another start for next week. Um yeah I'm just I'm just overall really pleased with the result and I'm I'm hoping for the for the best on um, going forward, and I, I think I think we could do this. I think we could cope with uh, Gabe's to call it Straker uh, up until the summer, the uh, June or July when we finally get a number nine. Yeah. So. Uh... Oh, and also I want to also want to add something. I want to add the uh, the fans, the away support, they were fantastic last night. We, we could hear them on the broadcast, um, even even though they were kind of like stuck up to up into a corner where you can't really see them on the broadcast, but. They were loud and they came in numbers. I just wanted to give a shout out to the fans that made the trip to New England.
3: For sure. Uh,
0: So looking back at at the keys to the match that we discussed in the last episode, um, staying checked in from the opening whistle, clean sheet to the first 30. That's a resounding check. We we went into halftime nil-nil. My second one was for us to score early. That obviously did not happen. And then uh, number three was limit Carlos Gill and Gustavo Bo's influence, and I would say that we failed at that. Um, Carlos Gill um, was put in a man. man of the I'd, ma- I'd
2: say I'd say fifty-fifty.
0: I mean, Carlos Gill put in a man of the match, eight-point-one rating, um, had a goal, um, was was probably their, their most dangerous player the entire match, um, and then Gustavo Bo had a breakaway um, in. Uh, B- before before they scored their goal, he had a breakaway. Um, he is another player who uh, only has a right foot. He was um, Tiago Martins was was ch- chasing him down, was on his right hand side. Um, all, all Bo had to do was drive, continue driving on it and then have a left-footed shot. He didn't want to do
2: that, so he cut it back onto the you right. Did, you, got, you got to give credit to Thiago Barnes. That was well defended because he easily could have given away a penalty. Yeah, no, it was well defended, it
0: but it was also it was Bo's inability to have any type of a left-footed shot that he had to chop it back onto his right, which fucked everything up. And even though he, he still almost put it in the back of the net far post because Barraza wasn't positioned well enough. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't think that we, I don't think we contained Bo and, and Gilles well enough. I don't, I don't think we did, we did a good enough job at that. Now, overall, the, the, as an entire defensive performance, yes, very good, very well. Um, only conceding one goal, um, very good. I thought we, we controlled the match for large portions. But in terms of keeping their dangerous players off the score sheet and, and, and silent, I don't think
3: that we did a good enough job of that um because i think that was more the fact of you know the counter-attack it wasn't it wasn't the fact that those boys were getting you know they were getting into serious positions or they were causing us problems in the open play it was only in the counter-attack whenever they were actually you know or well apart from the the gil goal which was you know in normal play but you know the counter-attack was when they were really hitting us like you know we did do well to contain them for a large majority of the game apart from you know that opportunity for them to score Mm
0: mm-hmm I just I know I just saw Car- Carlos Gill was on the ball a lot. Like he he the ball was always at his feet. They they, they played it obviously when you're when you have an MLS, MLS MVP under your belt, the team is going to be putting the ball to you a lot because you're the
3: better. Yeah, player. you're going to be getting that a lot. But I just felt that he didn't really. I don't know. Just to me, he didn't. It didn't. I wasn't as worried because that we did. We were put. We were had such a large amount of possession that we weren't really troubled by that. There, he may have had the ball at his feet quite a lot, but you know we had loads of corners, but it doesn't mean that we can, that we, we scored in every corner, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? true,
0: true. All right, so I'm um, just quickly getting to some user, some, some fan uh, questions, comments from, off Twitter. We have uh, a former guest, uh, Felix. Um, he said, a point on the road is, is, is a point in the road, but once again, we are missing a key player in the nine. We create chances and can't finish. I did like how Ledesma settled in and how GP was the real real impact sub last night. Do we all, all agree with that, or do, or do we think that... Um, do we think that he uh, that that's a, a hot is that a hot take or a shit take?
1: <laughs> no, I don't think it's either. I think it's mostly correct. I but I still like we're saying like we need a nine. I think we still. I think we need to let the nine who played this game actually get a chance to actually acclimate himself to the system before we decide that he's useless and before we decide that he's not going to be a factor. Agree. Uh, that's the only. That's the only place where I disagree with him. I under so, but in essence, he's correct. Yeah, the striker position is definitely our weakest right now. But I also don't think that. I also don't think that Seagal is necessarily like. I, I don't think his. I don't think he put in a stinker last night. I, I think that would be extreme to say. You know, like I, I don't think he looked horrible. I don't think he, I don't even think he looked poor, or like even a little bit. I think. I think he looked. You know, he was kind of like a spectator at certain points, and he definitely didn't like make put his stamp on the game uh however that being said uh you know we don't know how he's going to pan out because he might be maybe not he's more he's not he's not likely to be the answer but he could be an answer to in certain spots over the course of the season we don't know we've only seen 60 minutes of him i don't think we should be writing him off just yet yeah
0: Um, another user T Gerhard. Um, he said that the match was okay. Still need to work on some things. Defending was better. Even though Magno got the goal, I'm still not impressed by him. He is good, but not, not number nine. Good. We need a real striker. Also, I would like to see Barraza taken out and put freeze in the next game.
1: Um, so, I mean, we've all, we've all pretty much been in agreement that Talos is not a nine, but he didn't play at the nine at this position. So I don't, I don't quite understand why that's being. He, he wasn't at the nine this this game. Uh, even even when uh, Segal got taken off, uh, Santi filled that spot. He was able to stay on the left. Uh, so, so so yeah yeah. Well, I mean we're in agreement. And also yeah, we've already mentioned our frustrations with Barraza, Whether or not that'll lead to a Matt free spot start is still to be determined. But I don't know. The, the Danny uh, da, Danny and Davi, what do you guys think?
3: Um. <sighs> The only, the only, I wouldn't say that obviously, Thales, like he, you know, he did, he wasn't playing the number nine position at all, but he did have a tendency maybe to like float into the central position. So he did. It's kind of like Kufri just like floating into that central position. Um, I definitely agree that you know, we do need we do need a recognised number nine, and Seagal, I think he's he's going to fill in that spot. I think we definitely need to give him that chance, but I definitely think we need a. An out-and-out, recognised, proven number nine. I mean, we're we're crying out for one. Like, I mean, we saw exactly what would happen if we had, like, a a number nine. Holding the play up, letting the players come round him, laying the ball off, making the runs off the ball. It it shows that we do need a recognised striker, a person who is a natural striker. Um, And then the Barraza and Freese i would say i would give freeze a chance but i know it's not going to happen but just in my opinion i'd say you know he needs that kick up the arse to like you know get himself into gear to know that he's not safe so yeah i would agree with those comments i would
0: and then the last user says uh it's doug condon who another former guest of the, of the pod uh most of the match equals back pass
1: last 15 minutes equals let's go <laughs> I, I don't agree with that. I don't think we saw a lot of backpassing. No, don't think so. I mean, so I yeah.
0: I, I think he's speaking more towards a lot, and I I agree with this. He's speaking more towards um the the fact that um for most of the match it was possession without production, and then once we conceded, it kind of we kind of came alive and were like, fuck, we got to do something now. We got to score. We got we got to, we got to create opportunities, create chances. Almost like a um like an uh like an anxiety of like, hey, we need something needs to get done now. Like an urgency, yeah. sense of urgency.
3: I think definitely when that first goal came in uh, the urgency was ramped up like the, the it's something kind of switched the players and the and the play kind of intensified with us but I do agree we had more possession we were in we were in more control of the game but definitely once we conceded then that's when the players kind of like you know switched on and realised actually we need to fucking play football here we need to score a goal here because we we can't be leaving here with, with nothing you know absolutely um, so I mean all in all
0: um i think we're i think we're unanimously in the in 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 favor of the fact that a point on the road is is good and uh uh let's take that point put keep in our pocket and and move on to to atlanta and move on to this three-game homestand and uh let's now is the time when we need to start stacking points i mean at home we don't we should not be dropping points at home if we can get a point in the road here and there maybe get a win here and there then we'll be in a good spot but I mean, based on the performance and where it was and who was against, I'd say a point against New England at New England is is a good thing. You guys, you guys, what do you guys think of? Uh, what are your final thoughts? Final words on this uh, on this episode of the podcast?
1: Our uh, guest, Danny, take you start.
3: Okay, um, definitely. Final final points on this game, definitely. A much needed improvement in terms of not just morale for the team, but morale for the fans. I think I think after watching that lacklustre display against Houston last week, it was just very deflated. We were kind of clutching at straws, thinking, where do we go from here? And thankfully, we actually moved in a positive direction. We moved forward. We left at the point um, from uh, New England, which is good on the road. Also, the fact that we were playing a system where everybody was in a natural position, like I've said before, Um, it was very positive. We controlled large portions of the game. Um, Our possession was good. Our passing was good. Um, I think, yeah, definitely going into the Atlanta game, definitely in a very positive mood, I think. And looking at their record in the past two games, I mean, how many goals they conceded in the past two games? Something like... uh, Six.
2: Six. All in one game.
3: Yeah. So six, six goals. Like I think, and they're coming to and our with
2: their, and with um with their stars back. Last night they they did not look good. They they looked pretty shaky. Well, hey. Yeah. So would you saying
0: with you saying they look shaky, what was the score of the game? Just remind me real quick.
2: 1-0. Oh, so they got a shutout. Yeah, I'm just making sure. Just it was a clean sheet. But uh, sure. uh Red Bull, Red Bull were wasteful in front of goal. I don't care. I it's still a shutout. A shutout a is a
0: goal. shutout is a shutout is a shutout clean sheet. I, I,
1: I understand, I understand, but like, I mean, I, I also like agree with Dobby's take that like no like nobody's scared of Atlanta after watching last like last night's game. I, I, I mean, yeah, Joe, you're probably in a minority. Uh, <laughs> here's the, here, here's the thing, like like, like 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 it's sort of like how like last week, you know, like like nobody was scared to face us, you know, like like similarly, I don't think anybody's worried about Atlanta going into next week. Because yes. But also, you also have to take into account. Davi mentioned earlier, most of their games have been at home. They haven't been on the on the road a lot this season. Yeah. And now they're going into arguably the hardest place to play on the road. Uh, like like bar none, uh, like in the league. I, mean, I think that's just an objective fact. I don't think I think yeah. Yankee Stadium is the biggest home field advantage in the league. The uh, but, but and it's not
3: right. even Great thought. Great thought. Uh, But uh, it definitely definitely sets us up for. Yeah, I think after this game, it definitely sets us up for. A good encounter with Atlanta, and I'm more confident going into this game than yeah. I would have been if we didn't get anything from the New England game. I,
1: yeah. I, and this flows into my final thoughts in the game. A, a point away from home, especially against a very, very good team, is a, is a huge positive, and uh, I, I'm I'm very I'm I'm more than satisfied with it. And I think next week, despite the fact that Atlanta is a very, very, very great team on their day, I do think they're in a bit of a weird run of form right now. And also, I, I think this is our. And even if they weren't, I still think it's our game to lose because we're playing at Yankee Stadium. Like when you're home, especially at Yankee Stadium, on this team, you, it's, it, it's, it, it's, you, you're expected to win. Like, like, like three points are expected every single time. You're not playing for a point. You're not playing. You know, to not embarrass yourself. You are playing to win and win by a f- fair margin as well. I, I think this game, this is our game to lose. And I'd be, I'd be shocked if. Uh, if we act, if we lost, if we walked away without any points, next, uh, this upcoming weekend. Personally, that's just me. I can't speak for anybody else.
0: Yeah, um, I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward to our next episode of uh, previewing uh, Hot Lanta um, at, uh, at coming to town to play us at Yankee Stadium. But to put a nail in the coffin on uh, on this uh, New England game, point, at, point in the road, never a bad thing. Still some things to work on. Uh, hopefully Gabe Segal gets another week of training um, exclusively as the, as the nine. And uh, hopefully we can uh, parlay this point into many more points um, over the next three weeks at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I think we are good to go on, the, on episode 17 of Beyond the Smokestacks. Thank you for listening. Uh, be on the lookout midweek for our preview of Atlanta. And as always, New York is is blue.